Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Be There in Five podcast. I'm Kate Kennedy, your host. Today, I have a very special guest for the first time on the main feed that I know many of you will be excited to hear from because she's, I guess, technically <laughs> the Bethiest Beth of all, given she birthed me, the, <laughs> the original Beth. Um, and I'm so happy to welcome her here. You know, I'm a little nervous because, listen, we've got two legal pads filled to the brim <laughs> with notes, uh, questions, quotes, things that I skimmed through. And I thought, oh, I don't know. Let me have my mom on. Let me have her interview me. Because I'm, as a lot of you are, you know, your parents, I'm sure it would be a weird experience for you to read personal essays that are semi-memoir style from your own offspring and detail their life from their inner world that in many cases, was different from the one you observed. And I thought it'd be interesting for us all to talk through it together. And please welcome to the Be There in Five podcast, <laughs> my mom, Colleen. Thank you for that introduction. <laughs> <laughs> I was scared to have you read it, mom. <laughs> I, didn't I not let you for a long time? Oh, oh, right. I know. I, I At first, I was like, oh, man, did she look at one of my pages of notes and reject it i didn't know because <laughs> oh, we were supposed to do this over christmas and right, then i kind of right. decided not to no that was just because i was tired because i was traveling with the baby oh yeah no oh no i understand <laughs> and tr trust me i thank you for having me and it's it's nice to be able to talk about this because yeah. i i think we've talked before that it's very different from my perspective mm -hmm. as your as your mom mm -hmm. um and i think throughout your whole career especially in podcasting as you know it it did take me a while to to get used to your i guess things that i would never talk about right 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 you're a private person yes yes yeah. oh, I, but, a, a private person and but i have to say and this is what i thought was so interesting um at your shows i absolutely loved meeting the best i loved seeing old friends and yeah. new ones that I've met recently, but they were all, many of them said that what you do is you articulate what they are often feeling, but would never say in public either. And so, uh, that was really a, a great thing to hear. And, um, I know it's helped so many people, I think. I hope it, so. And Mom and Kelly crashed a uh, Beth meetup before <laughs> Talia Hall, and you got to meet people and talk a little. It's a little, a little easier right. to talk in those environments than once you're at the show, and it's a little crazy. Right. Although I have to say, the stairwell talks were tons of fun when people oh, yes. were waiting for the the meet and, meet and greets. Uh, that was great, and and also when we were in Short Pump or Richmond, that show was great too because I saw people I hadn't seen in decades. Yeah. Well, so one of the reasons I've, you know, wanted you to fly out for the Chicago show, it was, it was a bigger meet and greet. And I've really, I, I as a human hate waiting in lines, period. <laughs> and I'm so honored that people are willing to wait in line to talk for a minute, take a photo or whatever. And I always wanted to be fun. And like the venues are all different. And so like the one last night, they wouldn't play music and they wouldn't serve drinks, which annoys me. Then you're just standing there. And at best case, you make a friend who knows who's right. near you in line. But you and Kelly worked the line, yeah. and for that, I am grateful. But I am sorry I didn't bring any cookies, because as you know, mm. there's no... That's what everyone you, you was thinking. Everyone I, told me that. <laughs> Next time, if I'm ever fortunate enough to, to be able to meet and greet, I will definitely need to bring cookies. <laughs> you were like, people are telling me like so many great anecdotes about what the podcast means to them. And I was like, okay. yes. I was like oh, should you write them down? You're like, well, I'm taking pictures. I'm going to remember. Here's my question, mom. Do you remember from the pictures what they said? No, I feel so badly. I, I've been going through all my pictures because I took a million pictures. 
of people. And I'm like, okay, now what did she, what did she? <laughs> so, okay, next time I am journaling. Because <laughs> one of the best was like, just take a note on your iPhone. You're like, what? I, I know oh, that I would be, that would <laughs> be so, I would have never gotten through more than two people. <laughs> but you had fun at the show. I loved it. It was so cool. It's a very surreal experience as a parent to see yeah. your child, you know, in on stage. And um, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm so proud of you. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> and so That's is Dad. Really nice. So is Dad. That's really nice. <laughs> I do worry about you guys. Yeah. Um, I know this isn't normal. And you know what's weird is like I it's it's a confusing paradox because I'm kind of like a reserved person who's kind of a homebody like i'm not yeah. like a, i'm not the life of the party i'm not a social butterfly i've had like this level of comfort with sharing stuff in this format that perplexes people so much it almost makes me wonder if i'm crazy <laughs> well no <laughs> but i think I, yeah no the I, type of people that listen and right. care about this oh they're the best it's like a weird like yeah. level of trust and understanding podcasts have a unique ability there's a level of intimacy in your ear and you can find people very you know like-minded or maybe even similarly personality-wise or in how they approach things. And a lot of media personalities are super extreme. And yes. I'm not that extreme, even though you and dad, I think, think I can be extreme <laughs> relative to like a lot of people that have hot takes and kind of clickbaity vibes. I'm pretty neutral. Well, and also, you know, to be fair, we have had our differences about plenty of stuff. You, you don't know, like everything have. I put out. No. And I, I mean, and you know that I've called you uh, yeah. on a number of occasions and said, Wait, what? Please explain this to me, yeah. or please listen to how I'm feeling about this. Yeah, yeah. You I didn't mean, like it's when been I started a, cursing publicly. No, and I, I still, in all truth, I don't. Yeah. And, um, I guess it's been a journey for me as much as it has been for you yeah. and for Dad too. Um, yeah. But what I appreciate is I, I always have and always feel like I can talk to you about it. So high level, I feel like mm-hmm. this book kind of starts when I'm around. 9 10 when we started loving the spice girls and going to the mall and i people started being interested in boys and like even in fifth grade people had boyfriends and um in the limited two chapter the first chapter i talk about sending somebody a note in the lunchroom if they you know like me yes no maybe or whatever right, that was so out. funny yeah um yeah. and this is a very real story with the i'll bleep this with it was okay <laughs> do you gotcha. remember him oh yeah yeah, I called him absolutely. Josh, but that wasn't his name. He said maybe, and I was so excited. Oh, sure. And, yeah. And like, you know, a couple days passed or whatever. And I just was like dreaming about having a boyfriend like Kelly and Zach or Winnie and Kevin from one. Right. Years. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then he had a friend come up to me and tell me that he changed his answer to no. <laughs> Which, I know Mom, that was in life go. and in love. You can't just change your answer after you turn it in. <laughs> No, you can't. You have to see through your commitment. No, I, and you know, sometimes I think, I don't know what you think about this, but don't you think that those early experiences that we have with, for lack of a better, love, romance, right? You know, whatever it is mm-hmm. when you're that young, it's kind of to prepare you gradually for what's yes. about to happen. Oh, because I've told you before about how I don't know if anybody else had this tradition, but I only had this one boyfriend in sixth grade. And um, it was all we ever did was we sat in these long rows of school desks. And I know why I did, because he collected mohair sweaters were the big thing mm-hmm. then. And he collected you could take pull the, the hair mo- out, pull the hair out and make a big mohair ball. And if you gave 
The girl. That's literally the grossest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I swear. I don't know if it was just me, but I got that. And so I was like, oh, wow, this is great. Uh, you know, I've, and so for the rest of sixth grade, I, I guess I considered us, a, you know, an item. an item until we went to the sixth grade picnic and um, he dropped me like a, <laughs> like a ball of mole hair. <laughs> Wait, why, why, why he drop you? I have no idea. Just, just like you, he ignored you. Yeah, it was. But you it was over, it, right? Oh my gosh, yes. That, that was like my you only. Don't remember, and you remember yeah, that. I remember that. Do you think you got burned by the mohair guy? <laughs> <laughs> and it affected you going forward. I, but uh, I there guess is something just, funny and innocent it's funny about though. those early relationships. It's As a mom, if I knew that was going on, I'd be like, "Oh my god, you're a baby! Like, don't do right. like that's crazy." But the reality is all we talked about from sixth grade on was really? boys. I can't say. Yeah. I don't know that we did, but. Yeah. For context, you went to Catholic school yes, your whole yes, life. Yes. Uh-huh. It was co-ed though. Right. Right. Co-ed. Yeah. Um, and I don't, you might've been a more of a free for all at public school. I don't know. <laughs> uh, the, the nuns weren't <laughs> listening. So we could talk about things. I, I know. know. Like one of the things I love is, and slash one of the points is that. I I want to be like the vessel to tell my stories, but the point is to kind of like make people remember their own stories. People get frustrated. I've I've noticed bad reviews are like, this is definitely a memoir, and it said it wasn't. But the thing is, it's personal essays, and it's not my life story in terms of the stories I'd pick to tell my life story. It's stories I picked for a theme. Yes. No. So, I like, get it. this actually is n- does not comprise my life at all. Right. Um. But they're very targeted themes with the through line of being a millennial. That is their part personal essay and an anecdote, and then I try to expand it. Right. Um. And it's just interesting that I didn't know categorization meant that much to people. Really? I guess that people like want either if you want to know if you're reading a memoir, go out of your way not to read one, and I'll. People are like, oh, yeah, it gets really memoir in the middle, but that's okay. And I'm like, oh, see, that's not something like I would care about or analyze. As, but I'm a, and, and I'm a big reader of nonfiction. So I didn't even know that I maybe should have carved that out a little bit more, a little bit better. What I was amazed at was I did feel like you had a lot of different themes in the book that rang true for my generation mm-hmm. as yeah, well. They transcend they're, they're a little bit different in terms mm-hmm. of the experience we had. But um but the themes are universal, you know, unrequited love. Hey, who hasn't had that? Yeah, <laughs> following trends. Yeah, right. You know, what? all kinds of things. So I didn't feel that way at all. In fact, I, I really had fun reading it because in reading your experience, it made me think back to my experiences and how similar they really were. Yeah, that's cool. Well, again, I think we've talked before. I, I, I thought that sometimes we would have conversations i thought great she's good on this she understands where i think it would be a good place to yeah. come from uh on this situation and then i would just not think about it again whereas mm-hmm. you would I-, I saw where you mull over it. you would mull over it and you didn't drop it and had i known that i probably would have sat you down again but <laughs> well, i think that's the thing about uh, and I'm sure a lot of people would echo this, like so often when your parents are trying to talk to you as a kid, your goal is to exit that conversation as fast as possible. Or right, because you're kind sometimes you're uncomfortable talking about things. It's not it's not even don't you think? I, I don't well, know. Yeah. I, I well I, you know, 
I wasn't stupid. I was mm. careful with what I told you. <laughs> like, yeah. Because well, uh, you sure, would, we all are. We all we, are. We didn't tell our parents and everything, I think right? That's, we had this conversation when you <laughs> yeah. were like, mad at me for cursing. I was like, well, mom, the thing is, this isn't new. I've always kind of casually spoken with friends and like we all do. I speak to you like my mom. I don't speak to you like you're my best friend. So True. you think I've changed, but really you're having a lens into me talking a lot how I would to a peer, but you don't hear me talk to pe- pe- a peer because you're not my peer. Right. So right. that was kind of an I think part of the adjustment for you is is you're hearing me and not a mother-daughter dynamic. Oh, true. And I think yeah. a lot of I never people of self-edit yes. uh-huh. to talk to their parents, as you did too. Sure. Yeah, right. So right. I'm, yeah. I'm also in a weird position where I'm trying to be honest to do right by my audience, but I think about you and dad literally every episode <laughs> I edit. And think how disappointed will they be? How how in a, in the best way? Really care what you think. And I have always said you you raised me with the right balance of respect and fear. That that was healthy. I wasn't like scared of you, but like I was scared to disappoint you. Uh, well, because uh, I didn't want to, and when I did, it was awful. I just as honestly, a person, I, I don't remember you ever disappointing us. When I rear-ended yeah. um, my friends, Red Jetta on the way to the pool. Oh well, I just <laughs> but you told me you were you know. I can't remember what you told me, but I was like, oh, well, you know, I, I figure we all have a, a, a small accident at some remember? point. So, mom, okay, so tell okay. me some of your hard hitting questions. All right. Okay. So, um, the first one is I can't even pronounce it. This was, I think, in your introduction. Mm-hmm. What is Sohokatoa? Sokatoa. What's Sokatoa? Sine equals opposite over hypotenuse. Oh. Cosine equals, it's so, a math equation. That's oh. how you calculate angles of. Oh. A triangle, oh if I'm my not mistaken. Gosh. Well, I but did I, I'm have not geometry, but well, anyway, thank you. I was a little worried. I thought it was some sort of it's it's, it's a mnemonic for <laughs> sine, cosine, and tangent. Okay, maybe I maybe I shouldn't ask you these questions. <laughs> but, <laughs> I don't know. I love it. I'm thinking. Well, okay. So I, I was I was interesting. I wondered, do you see yourself today as an observer, an entertainer, or both? If you read the uh, chapter light at the end of the trundle, I say that I one of my biggest reflections writing this was that I broke the observer-entertainer space-time continuum, and I became an entertainer through my observations. Oh, well, you're right. I need to read that more carefully. <laughs> <laughs> I th- No, the reason I chose to open the book okay. with that anecdote was uh-huh. to say that this is a person who lived their life never thinking they were worthy of being the spectacle. Of being the entertainer. Okay. I was looking at people that were popular and entertaining, and I just wanted to be, I wanted proximity to what was interesting, genuinely believing I ha- I was not interesting. And I think oh. there's something, and that's kind of a subliminal message throughout. It's like, what about us normal people that aren't marked by our greatness? Like, our stories matter. Right, And I think right. that by having heavy observation in a normal life, it made me able to do something exceptional, which was to detail millennial women's lives in a way that maybe not a lot of people remember. Oh, oh, cool. So that yeah, I became yeah. an entertainer through my observations. Yeah, that's but, really great because I, I did see I was like, yeah, you did observe, but I feel like you're also an entertainer. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So not so, a traditional sense. I'm going to reread that chapter. <laughs> By the way, I do want you to know something. Yeah. When I first opened the book, um, I looked at the chapter names and i i was laughing and just couldn't wait to see what they were about oh i love because that. because they were so clever oh that's nice thanks mom 
So, you know, strolling through the mall and wishing you could have glamour shots at nine or 10. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Y- you were talked about. And I actually do remember you asking me about those glamour shots. Do you remember what we settled on instead? I do. I do. You do? Well, let me see if we have the same. Okay. So I wanted photos of me. Uh huh. Like, not school picture. I wanted like photos of me, like almost model vibes. And I wanted glamour shots, but I, I think I stayed in the book. My mom wasn't wild about me like, wearing a used showgirls boa <laughs> no, with the big, with the, with the smoky no. eye. Um, I know. Like, <laughs> so you said we'll go to Sears. We will. <laughs> yes. We will get your photos taken, but it will be for your confirmation. Oh my gosh! Yes. Can you imagine? <laughs> I said, what other girl gets her photos taken for confirmation? <laughs> I, okay, I'm glad you brought that up because I have that. I'll, I'll put it up to. To sh- I mean, I still have like what how, what size these giant oh, photos eighteen of you. by twenty four of me. <laughs> and so you're in I'm white, wearing a you're white dressed lace, in white you shelved have- dress. I am ghastly pale. <laughs> I don't have braces yet, and I have my. It's just it's almost this funny thing where I'm like, did I go into that thinking this was going to be glamorous? <laughs> I don't know. That's because what I don't get. I look I kind know. of like um, I you know if you were in colonial williamsburg and you were going to be haunted by a young female ghost and i'm just kind of like wistfully looking off in the distance really pale and i was wondering why i had those photos because my brother doesn't have them <laughs> kelly doesn't have them um but that was our our it negotiation was. it was and i had sort of forgotten about that <laughs> until i saw that in the because i even found those photos when i was trying to organize my pictures and i'm like why, what will we do with them? But I remember <laughs> asking you, do you, what would you like for confirmation? <laughs> but do, do Most you know, people would have said, oh, prayer book, cross. Okay, that's okay. <laughs> Should we even get into religious gifting? I feel like that's an interesting subcategory. Because, yeah. Yeah. No. Um, my Catholic, <laughs> so you were raised Catholic. I wasn't. Um, but my Catholic friends all got these first communion gifts that I found a little uninspired. Really? There were precious moment statues and oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. Stuff that you would love. Yeah. <laughs> you would love a Lifeway Christian bookstore. I, I, I don't go there and get jazzed. So I was like, okay, glamour shots, but make it religious. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, I can't even believe I should have at least put a gold cross chain on you or something. But but what's funny is that at that age, I wasn't in the religious circle. So I was like, I yeah. didn't really know what was going on. I didn't go to the camps till maybe a year or two later. And I, but after those camps, I went directly to the Lifeway on Broad Street near Costco, yeah, and bought a Jesus Fish necklace and a brand new Teen Study Bible. So oh. I got there eventually. Oh yeah, actually, I liked that Bible. I, re- I, I the Teen I, Study Bible. It's a hoot. I is I don't know. I was looking at it. I thought, hey, not bad. But as far as you uh, growing up, number one, I think the oldest child always kind of probably. Gets it a little harder than by the time you get to your your yeah, third you child. Yeah, micromanage a bit more. Exactly, because you're so wor- you want them to have every opportunity, and you mm-hmm. try to make sure that they navigate their lives so that they are able to take advantage of opportunities out there. But then you, by the third child, you realize the best thing to do is to let your child be independent, develop their their interests and support those interests versus me trying to decide where I think you should channel your activity. (laughs) 
Yeah, but does that, that make sense? Uh, it makes so much sense. Yeah. I mean, and as a new mother, like after we gave Teddy a bath tonight, I googled. <laughs> I think I got too much water in my son's eyes. <laughs> so, like, you just yeah, you don't right. Really, I, I I really deeply understand that vulnerability now. I know he's a baby, but like you, all you want is for them to be okay. Right, right. So you, I can see how you would see what other kids are doing and what other parents are telling you your, their kids are doing because you're just doing your best and not all kids are have like a clear conviction or interest or hobby right. or direction and i think yeah kelly's an example of a kind of person like me that kind of likes a lot of things but was never like one there wasn't was, one right yeah, we weren't like soccer stars she, or you did you, you or, did not have specialized interests no. or specialized abilities yes <laughs> No, I, I don't mean that in a negative way. I agree. That's what this whole book's about. Like, I've, we weren't like pursuing greatness at anything. Right, right, yeah. right. And at first you're kind of like, is this okay? Yeah, because really in the end, it's it's so wonderful as an adult if you can, if you've had a lot of interest. But- I think that's been a big reflection of mine into even why I podcast. I actually think that's why I have this job is because I've dabbled in so many things. Right. Like I understand a little bit about a lot. Well, even today, it it was so great that you used one of your other careers so that we could figure out, oh yeah, what to do with the sweatshirts. sweatshirts. Yeah, um, had you not known about all of the ways to mail them and uh, print yeah. out things and blah blah blah, uh, who knows? These these things may have sat here for a long time. I, I think so. About that all the time, mom, with authors, I'm like, yeah, a lot of the marketing muscles on you, a lot of the creative, like, right, the promotional stuff. So I like mocked up that CD with my, you know, handwriting that I arguably worked too hard on, could have worked harder <laughs> on my grades, but it like all comes full circle. It's like, well, no, that it handwriting does. made it. The CD made sense, and yeah, even like because I had that first book that didn't do as well. I learned a skill that let me doodle the end papers, that let me make the cover. And because I did the doormats, I can like fulfill and ship orders. Exactly. And, or even like authors, I mean, all the uh, creative work, like the PR boxes, and I make every video for my live shows, the intro videos. Like there's so much creative work that, that you goes do into it. That if you didn't have, it would. I'd have to hire most. Uh, yeah. I, at most I, points I, in my career, yeah. I couldn't hire somebody for right, those right. creative jobs. So yeah, it's like nothing's a waste of time. No, it isn't. And and I think it's so important for like all the parents out there to to keep that in mind that every little thing that your child is doing, it it they're gonna use it at some point. Mm-hmm. I don't think you mentioned this in your book, but you took two years. It wasn't of Excel or something. Um, it uh, was uh computer something. And and I remember we you, built websites. You were able to do things that other people weren't in in college oh, yeah. and it in it was with the coach remember? the coach and he, it was a great class he like taught us how to like hack microsoft excel access and powerpoint and word to like maximize the use of the microsoft suite which is so random and specific but i was i literally think that's why i did so well at nielsen right i know and it made a difference so i I really think it's some of these little things you think, oh, well, I'm just taking this for the heck of it are, are, if you're interested in it, you just never know. It may, may be your ticket to the, the job of your dreams or something. Well, in like childhood and high school, like, it's kind of like life where you connect with some people and you don't with others. Uh-huh. And I had plenty of teachers that I didn't vibe with and I just got through or whatever. But then there's like, 
I, you know, there's always one or two teachers that like really understand you and, yes. and really encourage you. And like, for me, that was Mary Bruner and, and she made me feel smart. And I, and, and I, that's not something I felt all the time in the sea of people that were in all APs and right. that, were, yeah. that were, you know, hugely excelling in the areas that counted. Um, you don't always have people being like, you're a really good writer. You're really good at observing things. You're a good poet. You're good at you know, analyzing, I don't know. She just made me feel good about myself. I think she, I think she went to bat for me a few times when I didn't maybe have the trappings of somebody to get into stuff. And I don't know. I just always want to shout her out because I think she's no, she a really No, I'm so teacher. glad you did. I, no, I remember that even in high school, you saying yeah. how um, much of a, you know, mentor she was to you. And I was so glad because I, even I think that I noticed when you were very young, when you were you know, in middle school, especially, I really did feel like you had the verbal skills that would carry you in your life. Mm -hmm. And that's why I, I didn't worry so much about the math. <laughs> <laughs> math class is tough. Math class is tough. It was tough for you. It was very tough for me. So I, I still remember sitting in your room. Do you and remember that with all, cards. all of you, with the flashcards and we, I'd put them in all of the stuffed animals mm -hmm. and then we'd pick them out. You'd have to mm -hmm. tell me what the, product was but um it, yeah that was kind of a fun time wasn't it? <laughs> I, i'm glad you brought that up because i don't think maybe people understand the deeper metaphor of me choosing to close my book with that oh phrase yes I end my book it was with, so tough for you i end I, my book i, I started <laughs> with the joke like the barbie anecdote and uh -huh. the last words of the outside of the acknowledgments is math class is tough because when i tell you i was bad at math it, it's the understatement of the century. Like my brain, I am so right brained in terms of language, history, memorization, like uh -huh. very verbal. And I think sometimes people, when I say I was like a B and C student and I was kind of average, they think I'm like trying to play underdog. But I have my mom here today and you can vouch <laughs> for me that like I didn't have straight A's. No, you did not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was like, I, I was over the moon, especially when you would get bees. I, you know, yeah. that was great. I, I, I just, but I would, I, again, as long as put forth that effort. Yeah. Right. That's what, that, what's what I matters. Try. I feel like children who have to work harder when they're younger in elementary school, oftentimes do better than their peers who maybe uh, have higher IQs or whatever, yeah. because they're used because there comes a time when everybody has to study. I don't care how smart yeah, you are. Yeah, a lot of people have a rude awakening in college if their high school yes. is a bit uncompetitive. Yeah. But if you're used to being organized, needing to study and how you study, that's just so important. You can be right. smart, but not good at biology. Right, like, right, right. I, was, I had a really hard time with biochem, <laughs> trig, algebra, calc. I mean, all like anything math or science. I'm not a woman in STEM. That's the whole point. And, but, and I will say, I think because we, dad was, he, he's always been great with numbers and math yeah. and whatnot, but I wasn't either. So I really identified with your plot. But I appreciate that. You probably empathize with me. It's like, you're oh, not, I did. you knew I wasn't hopeless. So growing up, did, do you feel like popularity was as big of a, a currency as I describe it because you did go to Catholic school and you did wear uniforms, which does eliminate one big category of comparison that I thought about a lot, which was close. I know that's, and that was, I, I probably didn't go in your room too much because I, you know how you would have clothes all yeah, over the place. Messy. 
Um, but um, yeah, I, I honestly, uniforms were the best. Uh, that was one thing. Everybody was in the same outfit, you know? Yeah. And what was fun is you'd get creative. How do you make your outfit look, you know, your gray, mm-hmm. your gray sweater, your white Peter Pan collar and your little plaid skirt? Yeah. How do you make, jazz how do you stand, up. how do you jazz it up? So how could you jazz it up? Well, there was, there was, I remember <laughs> they socks? started, they did, by the time I was a sophomore, they allowed you to wear more collared shirts. They didn't have to be Peter Pan. Do you know what I'm talking about? The oh, Peter they cared if it was pointed around Yeah, it? yeah. So when we got to wear pointed, we thought we had died and gone to heaven. But like, why couldn't you wear pointed? I don't know. It was just, that wasn't the uniform back then. But one of my favorite things was, um, okay, when I was a senior, it was around the you know, 70s. And that's when people started to protest and things yeah. like that. And and didn't you mention in your book or about how the the codes the, like, fingertip length yeah exactly so our sh- our skirts were, were maybe getting a little shorter yeah. and one of my friends got called out on it mm-hmm. so she went home took two of her uniform skirts and sewed a maxi <laughs> i love that <laughs> and it was great she came to school and i, I the, she uh, to kind of like troll the like like okay yeah okay you want longer I'll, you I'll want longer, you longer i'll give you longer so that. now everybody was talking about it so <laughs> That was kind of a cool thing. You know? I love that energy. Yeah, yeah that, we had sort of that kind of energy. Yeah, you know? it's like we're going to rebel in a subversive way. It's also cooperative. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> exactly. But yes, I do think uh, uniforms really helped eliminate. You You weren't looking at, you know, and, and our parents, our families were large. So you, yeah, they, we didn't have the money for lots of clothes anyway. I mean, we always had a nice outfit to wear yeah, at Easter know, or Christmas needed, or whatever. You, yeah. Or whatever holiday you happen to be celebrating. But um, yeah, but you know what? It was great. I always tell you, too, whenever I talk about the things I wanted or whatever, that like I genuinely believe my memories were developed in the longing. Like you gave me everything I needed and more. But the like extra stuff that like not not every kid needs. It's like almost obsessing over it is why it's memorable. Yeah. If I had it, I don't think I'd care. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. I I agree with you, and it is the longing. Because my friends had that stuff. They don't like what was Felicity's canopy bed. Right, I'm like what right. was Felicity's canopy be bed? Because <laughs> yeah. they got it and they were over it and they moved on. But for me, it was it was just yeah, and yeah, and we've talked about before. Like you did everything in your power to satisfy my you know ever expanding list for <laughs> Santa. That was just, it, it was a sign of my early consumerism, but also like. I don't know if you're sending a catalog to young girls and I was slipping through it eating cereal. Right. I didn't really get it. I was just like, I want this. I was circling it. Like this. Oh, right. Issue I right. In my book. Like I just. And as you circled, I would be looking at it going like, can I find <laughs> that at Burlington? And and maybe can I can I get a wooden bed and paint it? Um, <laughs> I think that's, that's, but so, I think so many. That's what I loved about the American Girl episode. So many people's moms did that. It's like. <laughs> Let me buy furniture or clothes for another doll or at a discount and see if they notice they're not from the AG catalog. And what monsters we were for being like, that's not a proper mahogany colonial with the brass heart. <laughs> it's the same. <laughs> like, I care. But, but, but you know what I will say? Uh, I do think that I had a little more trouble uh, in the working world um, identifying what type of of, of clothes to wear. <laughs> to, oh, that's interesting. Because um, I never really had kept up with the tr- in college. All we wore were bell bottoms and you know denim work shirts. That's all I wore. Um, 
So when I was like, oh my gosh, I have one skirt. What, you know, what am I going to, so um, that I never enjoyed that. Mm. I never enjoyed the fashion part of. That's of, an interesting point. But what, and I will say that you have always helped me through the year. I always had trouble with that. And, and you, I always knew you had an eye for fashion. And so I love your hand-me-down. <laughs> like I got your Vera Bradley bag after yes. you. We're done with it. And you're like, hey, you talked bad about that Bumblebee Vera Bradley. We're done for know. five years. I think I just gave it back to you. I, and and I'm still using your other pur- purse. I I have your boots. I mean, I I really have sort of relied on you to keep me a little more. Oh, I up love to date. that. But yeah. I but I really I wrote about it in the book too. I have really fond memories of shopping with you. Oh gosh. Well, and I remember yeah. one of the first I outfits I picked out for you as a teenager. I don't know if you remember this. Oh. It was kind of like a geometric patterned knee-length skirt with a suede base and you wore a tall brown boot with it. Oh yeah. Do you remember that? Yes, that was so that was beautiful. Yeah, and I remember yeah. styling you with the Steinmark. Yeah. <laughs> well, what was that for? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I remember you stepping out in the boots and the <laughs> knee-length skirt, and you just looked so chic. I know. Thank you for styling me. I no, need a like, style. I actually don't have... <laughs> the older I get, the more I realize I actually don't have taste at all because oh, yeah, I was you... such a trend chaser. Oh, oh. And now I just... Well, I, now I kind of have a more of a uniform, like, black, gold jewelry. Like, right. I keep it simple um, because it is exhausting <laughs> to keep up with trends, and you churn through so many clothes, it becomes not worth it. Well, I remember you pretty much used all the money you earned at your jobs. Yes. Buying one in, one out. Yeah. What were, what was it? Char- was it Charlotte? Charlotte Roos, H&M, and, yeah. Hex. And I used to be like, oh my gosh, should I stop her? Should I tell her she should be saving her money for, Women be for this and for that? But you know what? <laughs> Somehow you always manage to pull it together. And it's just with yeah. all the clothes were all oh, everywhere. Everywhere. I know. And, and I find, and the joke is that's when, and finally when you left, I, I don't know, it was after college or maybe it was when you took your job at Nielsen. I can't remember. I decided to uh, go ahead and go in there and clean it up. And I, and that's when I discovered a few things. <gasps> Hopefully you think my mom and I are an entertaining pair. And fun fact, we both also do wear pair eyewear. Whatever your vision is for this year, let pair eyewear bring things into focus. Pair eyewear base frame start at just $60, including your prescription. And you can save by using pre-tax FSA and HSA dollars. I always want to change up my eyeglasses as if they're a casual accessory like earrings or something. But the reality is prescription lenses, if, if, it always has felt like an investment. And I've never wanted to double down on like a color or shade that I wasn't sure about or didn't want to wear all the time. And pair eyewear is so brilliant because you pick out your your base frames, the shape of it and the base color, and then you can swap out different top frames starting at $25 and like a literal snap. You just switch them out and it completely changes the style of your glasses. The two base frames I have are the Kirby and the Reese. An, ex- an example is like, I wanted to try Blue Tortoise. I was too nervous to commit to Blue Tortoise because I just didn't know how it would match with everything. So I started with a snap-on for one of my pair of glasses, liked it so much, ended up buying the base pair for Blue Tortoise. And now I switch things on and off the base pair of Blue Tortoise because I like it so much. You, you didn't need to know all that information. But honestly, like even the Kirby with the sun topper on tour, it saved my life because like I was waking up so early, wanted to sleep on the plane, didn't have to carry all these glasses because I had my Kirby base frame, which are prescription lenses. And I would pop on the sun topper that turned them into sunglasses. Or if I'm on my computer, there's one for blue light. If you have kids who wear 
glasses and you want to get them into it and they can get cool stuff with superheroes or Barbie or different colors or prints or glitter, you name it. Pair eyewear just makes a ton of sense for men, women, and kids, starting at just $60 again. And they include wide frames to fit every face. And you can find your right fit from home with virtual try-on. That's how I got my mom into it. Visualize a fantastic new year with Pear Eyewear. Go to PearEyewear.com and use code BTIF for 15% off your first pair. And support the show by mentioning that Be There in 5 sent you in your post-checkout survey. That's Pear, P-A-I-R, Eyewear.com, code BTIF. What did you find in my closet in my volleyball bag? <laughs> well, yeah, I know. I, well, the, the joke was, I found the bo- was it a bottle of Captain Morgan? It was Mor- a handle of of Captain Morgan rum. Is the, do, is that rum? Yeah, in in your rum? volleyball bag. I know. I was like in what? my volleyball bag with my. But volleyball this is like after I I know I'm like, and I thought what what is this? <laughs> the thing is, I I knew that Kelly liked Captain Morgan, but she was 21. Yeah, that's why it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> So I and I didn't really think that. Yeah, I, I was like, "What is this doing here?" Did I ask you about? It? I don't remember. No, we talked about this way after the fact. Way, oh, way okay. after the fact. I probably, I probably thought at that point, "What is the use?" So, if people don't know, Kelly's four years older than me. Yeah. So when I was, you know, seventeen, she was already twenty-one. So this would have been summer going into college. Kelly was twenty-one. I was seventeen. Right. So did she hide it? I didn't. Or did you? Or what? I don't, well, I didn't. Because I know. So I Kelly know you didn't. Diet Mountain Dew and <laughs> Captain Morgan. Regardless, I wasn't drinking age. I was 17, 18, yeah. Yeah. going into college. Kelly was in college around 21 years old. And I think that like she just thought drinking was like generally bad. And she didn't want to like you guys to know that she drank and like she thought it would be a better idea to put an empty handle of Captain Morgan from a party she went to into my volleyball bag. But the fact that you didn't tell me you found that is wild to me because, well, I, I honestly, I, I probably, I was probably like, I probably knew it was, you know, I have no idea what, what thought process I went through. There. Think- well, okay. I, I, so uh, we already talked a little bit. I, I had mentioned, you know, Felicity's colonial bed. So I'm going to move on to back in the day, but what is MASH? M- M- Mansion, apartment, shack, house. Oh, so MASH. Explain that. Um, I think you did, maybe. And I'm thinking of MASH, the TV series. It was real popular about the Korean War. Oh, oh. no, no, no. Yeah, With Alan Alda. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so I was really confused. <laughs> but I, <laughs> that's just it. When I was reading through some of it, I was like, what? Okay. Well, <laughs> so MASH is a game where okay. you, um, like, you have your friend list out, like, okay, name five boys you could marry, name a uh, number of kids you could have, name five different types of houses where you'll live, types of car you'll drive, whatever. Oh, okay. And then you go, you ha- they draw a spiral, and they tr- keep drawing the spiral, and you tell them when to stop, and then they count the number of rings, and they start to count through the list of all those things, and everyone that they get like you circle them once you get to that number and then you start over so they tell you to stop and they're like they'd be like okay you're gonna marry jeff you're gonna have 12 kids you're gonna live in a shack and you're gonna drive a mazda miata and we'd be like no not jeff and it was just like a weird oracle game where we like predicted our futures through utter nonsense oh i love it that sounds like fun yeah it was fun oh yeah i wonder if kids still played that because when i was reflecting upon it i was like you know there's a, a such a wistfulness ab- about girlhood that I love, but we are also very, very aware of 
what what we would be, you know, measured by in a way as young women. And we were very aware of like what kind of car we needed, house we needed, needed husband we needed, and how many kids we would need to have. And like, I think it's interesting to be in fourth grade and to be like, no, I need to live this place with this guy and have this many kids. When it's like, I didn't know anything about anything, yeah, but we were already obsessing over that. I, yeah, I don't ever remember thinking about that. Yeah. I, I always remember I want, knowing someday I would want to be a mother, but that's not. Yeah. You did not feel like the love marriage baby carriage pipeline was as prevalent near you? No, I think, I think I, we were in the 70s when women, early 70s, mm-hmm. late 60s, early, when I think women were starting to really branch out and come into their, yes. uh, not that they Very hadn't before then, no, I'm just no. talking about a different kind yeah. of, of feminism. And so, yeah, I mean, I, you know. I I knew I wanted to go out and be that Mary Tyler Moore mm-hmm. person and live, you know, with my friends and have a, a an incredible experience before I settled down. Yeah. So we really that that kind of stuff we never. In fact, sometimes in college, I would if I knew someone that was getting married right mm-hmm. after they graduated or even before that, because I knew girls who got married in high school as well. Mm-hmm. I I used to think, oh boy, I'm I don't. I don't see how they could do that mm-hmm. because I felt like I wouldn't want to miss being Mary Tyler Moore. Yeah. Even if, if for only a few years. And you always told me that that's the irony here. Like <laughs> I almost think I didn't share a lot with you about my like boy issues or like male validation uh-huh. obsession or like uh-huh. my interest in that topic because you were so, which I love about you. You did not lead with that ever. Like you were not interested in who we were no. dating or our no. I and I think you're that's right. Important. I was. Like that's the, the and I say that about my friends to this day. I'm like the least interesting things about any of us is that we're married or like we're you know we all <laughs> we're all our own person. Like right, that's not right. your most defining characteristic. And to be fair, my whole life I would tell you these like boy things, and you wouldn't dwell on it, so you wouldn't assign. I wouldn't assign more value to it. Like. My mom thinks that this is a big deal or not a big deal, or I need to do this, that, or the other. You would just kind of move on from the conversation. Right, right. And I think that so I would take to my journals and stuff to kind of really deep dive the minutia yeah. of like my boy craziness. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> really, that floored, that has floored me. I think no, knowing how you really felt, that's where I was like, oh, I was always sort of like, move on, Katie, move on, you yeah. know? And, and I don't know that, is that good? That's probably, I don't know, maybe in some cases and some and others, maybe not. Enabled me to do is um, separate my worlds a bit. And at my shows, I always say like, I felt like a genius when I was at home. Like, I really think it helped me to not feel defined by that at home. Yeah. And I remember going to my friend's houses and their moms wanting to gab about boys and who was popular and who did what and whatever. And you never engaged in any gossip at all, which sometimes I wanted to gossip. <laughs> it also separated my worlds in a way that like y- what made me valuable at home wasn't if a boy talked to me or called me back or paid attention, right. you know, it, yeah. it was kind of nice. Be- well, so in turn, I didn't tell you a lot, yeah. but I don't think you could have helped me with that stuff. I pro- probably not. I just don't think you can help your kids with all of their ups and downs and it's just part ins of and outs. And yeah, yeah it's just who. You want your kids to tell you if somebody's hurting you, if if somebody's yeah. affecting yeah. your mental health or, in, you know, interrupting your physical space. But it was just all me like admiring and 
people from afar that I wanted to like me or talking to them on AIM and them not liking me back and then me writing poetry about it. It wasn't life or death. Right. And it would pass. So, and I have to say, okay, you're, I still think my favorite poem, and I told somebody this that I was talking to one of the uh, um, at the people and uh, girls in show. line at the show, and I said my favorite poem is still beautiful mm-hmm. because I thought it was so insightful. <laughs> I did. Yeah. I was like, she has got her head on straight. She's right. It's what's on the inside that counts. Yeah. And so I guess that's why it kind of shocked me a little bit that there were an awful lot of things on the outside that, that counted w- that more counted to more to you <laughs> but isn't that interesting though that's why i bring it up at my show it's like <laughs> your inner world and what you you can really know something um and intellectualize it but not feel it yes i think and, and you you know this is the way you I should know that's feel true. yeah you should feel this way but you don't feel this way and i think that's why i wrote it because yeah, i was yeah. having trouble believing it and i think a lot of, I think we all feel that way about certain things and we don't articulate it. We just kind of keep it to ourselves. And mm-hmm. I think that's what people um, identify or why people identify a lot with the way you write, because they're saying things that that's the way they felt, but they would, they'd never tell their moms or their, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, or their dads. Or As I remember, <laughs> so I, in the poem, I said, I remember you complimenting me about this because I said, painting their faces in every and, which way uh, yeah you, and yeah. you were like that's a really interesting way to say that because what i was saying is like putting on makeup right right which i love makeup but like i was trying to um i was like i remember thinking that was like so irreverent or like interesting because i was like a kid and i it's almost like i graduated from face painting uh-huh. like we'd go to the, the pine run picnic and get face painting oh right right and i remember thinking when my friends started wearing makeup it was like another type of face painting but a lot less fun uh, yeah yeah so yeah. I, that's why i described it that way oh that's really interesting i didn't know that and i remember yeah. you being like that's such a cool way to say that and i was like oh my gosh thank you and that and i and then i remember dad telling me about the woman he worked with that framed it on her desk yeah and, yeah and it that was honestly my first taste of like, oh my God, something I said could matter. To something you else. wrote that really did did matter. Yeah. And your teachers liked it too. And you're right, there weren't a lot of people at the bookstore and they were <laughs> I think they were talking, but I was <laughs> in that, my intro, I say I think, Taylor Swift fills the empty lunch lunch tables of her past. I fill the empty seats of the borders books and music. Oh, it's your reading. Who would go to that? I don't Oh no, no. I did. <laughs> But only once when you were there. So um, oftentimes I think, um, well, I, I really identified with the the sleepovers that you mm-hmm. talked about because we we did that too. Again, another universal thing yeah. that happened. We that do doesn't it. happen anymore. Why? But kids aren't doing sleepovers anymore. Oh, I, that's a change. Yeah. That's a, Why? That's a combo for a different day that I might, might oh, crowdsource okay. about. Okay. I, I do okay. think there's um, a level of discomfort and stranger danger with like older brothers and uncles and like pe- people around that you don't know and and just not I think parents aren't as trusting maybe of strangers homes overnight oh, okay so okay. I, yeah listeners can tell me if that's if i am understanding this correctly but by and large i feel like most of you have told me you don't do sleepovers or if you do they're like your one friend sleeps over it's not like slumber party 
Or right. you'll do them at your house, but not other people's, which and, I kind of get. Yeah. And I have to say, I think we did more of the single sleepovers. I, I didn't really have the big. But, I, I distinguish between slumber parties and sleepovers. Slumber parties are the oh, big parties with all that are like for birthdays and yeah, big events. Yeah, we didn't right. do those. No, we, we did really sleepovers, didn't. which are close friends, small groups. Right. Sleeping right. over. So, so, but, but again, I, even in high school, I remember we would go to people's houses and we'd camp out and. In the backyard. In the backyard. Yeah. This was in high school, like when we were juniors and seniors. But um, one of my friend's sisters got bit by a raccoon. So it, we kind of. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, it was awful. So we. Sorry, I'm laughing. Did you, was it a rabid raccoon? I don't. I think. Yes. I, Mom. I'm not kidding. It was you not good. You think she got rabies? I think she. I I think she may have had that child. I don't know for sure. I'd have to go ask her, my friend. Well, I, I don't think we're selling her out here. I don't think anybody's <laughs> going to find her. I don't know. Girl that got bit but but all I know is, we, I think we kind of cut our, uh, our, our camp Mom. over. We, but don't you remember that raccoon that came in our tent? That was a skunk. Oh, that's right. The skunk. That yeah. was the most frightening mm-hmm. thing. I feel like they've told that story before. Oh, yeah, you I probably I have. But I anyway, have. I'm just not wildlife in me. I, I'm, no, I'm not outdoorsy either. Yeah, we try. I, yeah, well, no, we did try. So, and, and you would take us camping. You and dad always tried to introduce us to stuff. I don't know if you and dad wanted to be camping, but I think you wanted to see if we would like camping. Exactly. And, that's what, um, what did you learn? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, we, we bought all that camping equipment and then we, I think we went camping with y'all. Was it once or twice? Uh, three, no, we went several times. Oh, did we, we went go to several Southend, times? We went to the oh. one in Appalachia. We went to um, Seashore. Oh, yeah. We were in so Virginia Beach. That one in Appalachia, we, that could have been a disaster because I didn't know about bears and stuff then. You know, yeah. I was like, what's that pole with the string yeah, on it? Like, didn't know you were supposed we're to put your food, food outside. <laughs> Oh, my God. We were just lucky. Uh, Kelly got it, carried by the firefighters on a oh, hike. She, like, oh, she like oh, pretended was, to pass out so she could get carried by the bull, burly firemen. Well, I didn't know because I was at the bottom of the hill trying to get up. Me and both of my siblings, if we're passionate about anything, it's nice hotels. Like, we we all, like, really like yes, vacations and lodging. And right. we love, like, getting appetizers and desserts, which you and dad don't. <laughs> Yeah, but we it's, never it's just, ever. That, yeah, we're like it uh, is funny. You kind of, I know, you all kind of like that lap of we're luxury. I think, and yeah, Dad and I are like a little more frugal. <laughs> yeah, but you have to be when you have three kids. Is, yeah, right, I mean? right, right. One of my favorite things is when, uh, and this was so much fun when we went to Disney. Dad mm-hmm. had been on a business trip, so we just we came down and we were at the Dolphin Juke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and but we were on the like concierge because of his business, right? Mm-hmm. And um. But there were how many? I mean, you guys were pretty young. There were five of us in that mm-hmm. room. Remember? Yeah, we shared a room. And so we the uh, it was. I was so excited because that was the first time I'd ever had French pressed coffee. That's <laughs> why they call it the magical world of Disney, Mom. <laughs> Making dreams come true for adults and kids alike. <laughs> it was always two double beds. My brother on the cot. Um, I that but that's the thing is that was so magical. Kids don't know the difference. That, oh, I know we had the best. I time, just was excited but, yeah. to be there. I yeah. couldn't believe I was there. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I and I used to get really hyper anytime we'd go to hotels. We went to like DC ones, probably for like the cherry blossoms or oh right, some right. historical <laughs> monument you wanted us to see. Yeah. And we'd like stayed in embassy suites. And I remember being like, "Oh my god, <laughs> bury me in embassy suites." <laughs> <laughs> I know it is. It's so funny. To think back on it, but it was, it was, it was was an exciting time. That's for sure. Well, um, all right. So, um, 
I loved your observation that time spent together was time well spent because you could relish in the joy of possibility in a safe space without obligations and time constraints. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, So do you feel you can capture this kind of safe space and possibility on special occasions with your girlfriends from the earlier decades when you meet now as women? Oh, yeah. It's the best. So you can. So it's not something that that you feel that you, yeah, it was only during specific that, yeah, to yeah. my youth. Yeah. Right. It's different, right? Like, I think that, um, I think you feel this way with your sorority sisters and your college girlfriends, yeah. like the people remind you of who you are. They kind of bring you back to life and the stuff that's funny to you guys, it's funny to absolutely nobody else. Yeah. And it's yeah. Kind of, in, yeah. in when you can, you know, reconvene and reminisce, that's why I love the movie now and then because they had all gone all their separate ways, but you come together in the place that you used to live and the people you once were and everything like makes sense. Uh-huh. And it uh-huh. kind of validates to you why these friendships are so important. I think in that chapter, I call them platonic soulmates. Uh-huh. Like Emily and Hyla and Morgan and Elise, they're just people that like no one could ever know me better, right. understand me better. I don't talk to them every day, but like the friendships we formed and the conversations we had when we were trying to you know i call it doing some r&d like we were always on a fact-finding mission about the world it's really special to now figure out who we became and to look back on that time that we all remember vividly and to just celebrate who we were then laugh about it but also relish in the fact that we still love each other now yeah, uh, no I, I think it's a beautiful thing and you still have yours oh i know i know and they came to my show I know. I was so excited. Uh, that was really special. Uh, well, I was thrilled. I know they sh- they had um, they sent me a picture of the marquee. I didn't know they were going, and they sent me a picture of the marquee with your name on it. And they're like, "Guess where we are?" Uh, yeah, and and, you, yeah. and I didn't know that because you I had, was already on stage. Yeah, by the you time were. You yeah, got the right. Uh-huh. And so that's why I love doing the all too well at the end yeah. because I just want to see people. It, I, sometimes I feel a little silly, like, look at me, look at me, congratulate me. That's not what it's about. Like, no, I just, I can't yes. see from the stage. I know. And I want to see your faces and give you a hug and whatever. And I remember Courtney telling me that there's like a couple women in the back that are a little older than your yeah. average <laughs> Yeah. They, I mean, just, they kind of look like your mom. <laughs> well, just, and, and I mean that in a way that like, no, every, I know. There's, yeah. there's a very, like, there's like a 10, 15 yeah, year right, age range. Right. And then, um, and she was like, so cool that you have fans, you're transcending <laughs> generations. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. But also sometimes these venues run ads and promote my stuff like I'm a comic. Oh, oh, okay. Which so I the, hate because I'm like, if you've you, never heard of me, do not, not come, come to the show. Yeah. <laughs> and then I went around doing All Too Well and one of your friends tapped me on the shoulder and I know her. I met her once in yeah. life maybe, but I've seen her photos uh-huh. so many times uh-huh. I know her. Yeah, a mile away. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I, I teared up. It was really special that it was very like meta. Like, yeah, well, it made you me, raised me uh, like you experienced your girlhood with them. Uh-huh. Then you raised me. Then they came to watch me talk about mine. Yeah, it was kind of cool. Uh, no, circle. no, it really was. But uh, I'm sorry, I, I kind of digress here. But in that uh, back in the day, bed chapter, mm-hmm. you mentioned the luxury of naivety as a young girl. Um, do you think that's even possible today with our children and, and everything mm. they're exposed to? I, I mean, to me, that, uh, to me, it was a little easier to protect mm. you all mm-hmm. from 
or pace you all. Mm-hmm. It was, let me put it that way. It was easier to pace you, I think, yeah. as a young girl. I honestly don't know how you do that today. The Where I got all of my information was my friend's older siblings. Okay. Gotcha. Which that transcends time, right? Like, Right, right. I think there were some people that just knew a lot more about the world, about the teenage world, about like sex and drugs and drinking. Like they just... There were people that like had answers to stuff that I didn't know uh-huh. what it was or whatever. And I remember learning in environments like sleepovers, but in, not in a way that was like scandalous. It was just kind of like, oh. Oh, so that's it, what yeah. it, yeah. But if we if we had had any ability to access YouTube, the internet, we would have absolutely looked it up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I so would, I don't know what, so maybe you're saying it's not, it's good because you can look it up? Or, or no, what I'm saying or, is I, I don't I, I wouldn't assign a morality to it of like good or bad. But what I'm saying is young people are curious. True. And we yes. would have looked for an answer or looked to understand something and c- probably come across a lot of stuff that we shouldn't have seen or that was inappropriate. Right, yeah. But I think without the Internet, we you, you had look- no means. We just were guessing a lot. We yes. were like talking about. Right. So like we were probably talking about the same inappropriate stuff, but we weren't able to confirm it or see it. Or access something that our eyes maybe weren't ready for. Right. Which I do think is good. I do too. I, yeah. And so that's why I, you know, I'm like, you guys have your work cut out for you, I think. I couldn't agree more. I, th- I'm doing an episode on um, Beth's with teenagers soon. I oh, had them write oh, in good, and tell me, good, like, what are yeah. you dealing with? Like, right. And I how can't you... speak to that, but I'm sure you want to, I want to share what other right. moms are get, going through. I do not know because as we all have read, I'm a sensitive bird. It was hard enough to find out a sleepover happened without you. If I saw it happening in real time, the way it would have torn through me. Yeah. It's hard for me to even understand. And and this whole book's like this defense of millennials, but it's not that we're better or worse off than anyone. But just because something could be worse or better doesn't mean it's not distinct. So the goal of the book is like to carve out our distinctions with the caveat that like, I actually think now it's much harder. It's just that the difference was we went into it thinking it wasn't permanent and not having any regular dialogue about mental health. And if you were suffering, you just kept it in. And so every generation has their stuff. I think this one has an impossible upbringing of seeing where everyone is all the time who has who got invited, who was dating someone, who's date, who somebody left you for, who has cuter clothes, who, I mean, like if I was comparing myself to the popular girls just from the hallways, I would have now gone home and consumed their lives after hours that I spent like dreaming and writing poetry. Yeah. And I wouldn't wish that upon myself. I think it would have really um, been damaging to spend my my free time and the real estate I had in my head after school on the stuff that plagued me at school. It was almost home for me was an escape. Social media doesn't allow you to escape. Yes. That's such a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, And I'm going to, as a public figure, I think too, I'm going to be psychotic about my kids access to technology. I wonder if that's why a lot, there aren't sleepovers and things anymore, because as you even mentioned, a lot of things you've learned about, Older siblings were from older siblings. Um, if one kid when has you would an go iPad, uh, you right, know, right. So um, yeah, that's interesting. That I think technology that would make me nervous as a parent, not knowing what restrictions were on other in other kids' homes. 
And it's not like, you know, in a way that's prudish, but like you say, pace yourself. There's some stuff that like. No, there's a time and place for everything. Yeah. I think what's hard is, you know, when you know you're not supposed to do that stuff, you're never going to tell your parents you saw it. And maybe it would have helped if like you explained some stuff to me, but it was embarrassing and worse. I didn't want to get in trouble, (laughs) you know? Right, right. So that's kind of confusing too, like having an open dialogue with your kids where they can come to you, but like. Also, those are really weird things to talk to your parents about. Right. No, I agree. I, I So I had Kelly. <laughs> well, it was good. just too busy dropping her fake rifle on the deck because of color guard. <laughs> Waking up. But that's my, poor <laughs> Kelly. I thought, and you've got mail, which is a riot. Um, the screen names that you all came. I had no idea. I was never on the Internet, at, really, when you all started before I did. Um, fortunately, Dad was in technology. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it would have been, who knows what would have happened. Um, he put because, controls on and stuff. Like right. Without his guidance, I really don't know because I just wasn't into it and I didn't know a lot about it. But um, but I wondered if vacation boyfriends became a wider spread phenomena taking off in the 60s as more families had more disposable income to actually take a beach vacation or was it a result of movies like Holiday in the Sun. I, I was just curious about the well, do you, vacation okay. boyfriend phenomenon. You would hop it. You would all pile in a station wagon and go to like Hilton Head, right? Right, right, right. Do you remember wanting a vacation boyfriend? I remember I did. I was, I'll never forget. We, I think I was a sophomore in high school and um, this guy came over and said, do you want to learn how to surf? And <gasps> I'm like, sure. I Mom. mean, I know. So I was like, hey. So I, honestly, and I did you he, surf? Well, I did. I did get up once, but you got to remember that yeah. waves in Hilton Head are pretty yeah, small. Right. Um, and then, are you ready for this? I can't believe this. He at so he knew one of the lifeguards, and they were having a party. <gasps> I'm a sophomore in high school, <gasps> and his um, and he asked me if I wanted to go, and I asked mom and dad, and they said okay, and they let me go, which I'm wow. amazed. Yeah. Um. And I remember going and I was so uncomfortable. I was okay. like, this is not, not the vibe. Not who I right. Were the, they drinking and stuff? Yeah. But they were in college. These oh. were you know. Oh. Yeah. Right. It was just but the guy was very nice. He we he brought me home and everything. And um, but it gave me a lot of confidence. Yeah. Heck yeah. I didn't talk about it with people. It's just internally oh. I you know, it wasn't something I felt like you got you you talk well, you had some place to talk about it. I just sort of. You didn't tell your friends? I don't think so. No, because we never. Commu- I, I couldn't even tell you the person's wow. first name. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely yeah. I would have gone home and I would have said the tans will fade, but the memories will last forever. I had a great time at this college party <laughs> with this guy that asked me to serve. Hey, thanks. Thanks for that summer. Like I would have. Told you would have. Just, I, would, I wanted a vacation boyfriend really bad. But mom, I never left. Sanderling, like I never left, but yeah, we, Kelly and I both felt the same way. Where we would hear stories of girls that met hot guys on the beach and that got paid attention to and whatever, and that we, I think Kelly and I both weren't getting a lot of feedback from the guys at our school. So the idea was, well, if you meet somebody who has no context, that's got the hots for you, that's better because they they don't think you're a loser or cool. They yeah. just meet you. Yeah. So we thought our best bet was yeah that one week period of time in Sanderling or Corolla Light. Oh, um, but we never met anybody. Oh, well, but it was are fun you to sure? Go to the tomato Patch Pizzeria. <laughs> yeah, I, I would hope so. Or 
go on a kayak also, ride. We loved the family. We ha- we hung out as a family, and that was really fun. Right. I think my very favorite one was when each of you had a, a friend or a couple friends there. Yeah. And, um, and you were a little older, and that's when you played the guitar. I did. But mm-hmm. do you I, remember what song I played? I I should remember. I and it was in the book, right? Didn't you? Yes, talk about, I think so. And what was it? <laughs> Let me be your hero. <laughs> Would you dance? I, if I asked you to dance, do you know what song that is? It's Hero by Enrique Iglesias. Dun, 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 dun. It's just a really easy guitar number. Oh, okay. And I also played When the Saints Go Marching In, oh. which is a classic. But I, I just remember all of us were gathered around you. And um, uh, my brother started laughing so hard yeah. he was crying. Yeah. And I thought, huh, he's not usually that tickled by me. Now, in hindsight, I'm like, he was laughing so hard he was crying because I was playing Enrique Iglesias <laughs> Hero. It's a weird song. I know. Would you die? Yeah. <laughs> no, those those are some of my family vacations are some of my fondest uh, memories. And the vacation boyfriend bit, I think I wrote about in the book because so many women on the podcast reached out when I said that. Right. They yeah. felt the same way. And I think it has something to do with like our obsession with SoCal, Save the Bell, California Dreams. Yeah. Like. I don't know, Laguna Beach and, and then the Mary Kate and Ashley movies were all about vacations. And it just seemed like if you were a girl that couldn't land the guy at your school, just maybe if you went somewhere Aww. else, he'd pay attention. You know? Yeah. That's what it's about. I think. Oh, no. No, I think, it's, I, I, th- I think it's really cool. I vaguely, vaguely remember a family meeting over the printout of the lyrics to It Wasn't Me. <laughs> um, I had no idea. That you actually knew the words to these songs. Yeah. Um, for me, it was all about the tune. And to this day, outside of the chorus, I couldn't sing one song. <laughs> so uh, out of curiosity, did you actually know the meaning behind the lyric? No. Mm-mm. I didn't. Okay. I, okay. So the song was Shaggy's It Wasn't Me, <laughs> um, which I joke about in the book. You call it a family meeting. <laughs> And my uh, all of I us. think it was Dad who found him in the printer. No, Not, you. I think you found. Oh, him. I found. Dad it? held the meeting. Oh, okay, okay. I probably yeah, okay. yeah. Just all right. you know, for the yeah. listeners out there, if, if you um, if you, I, how old would Kelly? Have been? I mean, we were all. She Max would have been a freshman in high school, and I was in elementary school. But yeah, if you went to your printer tray and saw. Honey came in and she caught me red-handed, sleeping with the girl next door. <laughs> Picture this, we were both butt naked, banging on the bathroom floor. So reading that back, I'm like, yeah, honestly, when I heard, yes, butt naked, but banging on the bathroom floor, in my head, they were just hitting, hitting the floor. The floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. The sad thing is, that's probably what probably I thought, too. Thought too. <laughs> but I think dad maybe was like, this yeah. is not appropriate. <laughs> um, but the, the joke was, our alibi was, it wasn't me. You're like, what it is me. this? It wasn't it was me. me. <laughs> so we weren't lying, but we were also able to cover. So it just kind of was, a, I, if I recall, it was a stalemate. And I I think it was me, but I'm actually not completely sure. Right. But yeah. at the time. Maybe um, nobody really knew who it was. <laughs> but at the time, I was like obsessed, obsessed with song lyrics because the way to look cool was to know all the words. So I would study the words. Boy, that took a lot of effort. Mom, it's my entire existence is so high effort. I, I had no idea you knew so many lyrics. I'm just, I'm grateful for Taylor Swift lyrics because of their impact. Great lyrics, great music. You know, yeah. I'm such a sound and music girl. I What can I do? Who isn't? Do you Are think you I'm know? more of a Liesl or a Brigitte? 
I think I'm, I, I want to be Liesl. She's so cool and beautiful. Brigitte is more my energy. No. Hey, you can be whoever you want to be. Um, no. And you like Three Dog Night? I love Three Dog Night. Doobie Brothers. Like the Beatles? I love the Beatles. Oh, I can They're tell you stuff. when I heard about them. I was tell on a everything. I was on a banana seat bicycle mm-hmm. with my friend Janice, friends Janice and Molly. We were riding by the island, uh, little grass area by my house, and um, somebody said, "Do you know about the Beatles?" And I'm like, "No." They're like, "Yeah, they're the <gasps> they're the hottest band, These you know, news. or whatever they said." I don't know yeah. what they said. And so um, I remember playing. I want to hold your hand. Yeah. Loved that. Yeah. And I actually knew that. That the great thing about their lyrics, th- there weren't a lot of words, so yeah. I actually knew. <laughs> she laughed for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was my kind of music because yeah. there were only a few words you had to learn. But I'll never forget. We were in my uh, friend's basement, and this, and just um, we heard that the Beatles were flying. Over Dayton, Ohio, <laughs> flying over Dayton, Ohio, on their way to like a Santa. concert. So we started screaming in the basement <laughs> as we played their song. That's so cute! And we were that's, so excited. That's and exactly. I remember seeing it on Ed Sullivan. I mean, yeah, it was it was the best. And I I I, I still I know I lo- and I used to go down in the basement because when you're the oldest of six kids, you kind of shut. There's no other place, right? You, Shut the door. They, there was a hi-fi down there. And um, it's a hi-fi. Oh, I'm sorry. The the like it's like radio stereo record player. You oh, know, okay, where you, yeah, yeah. With the arm and everything. Uh-huh. And I'd put on my little 45s. I only had three. My I won the Tommy Rowe 45. Um, oh sweet pea. <laughs> okay. Come on and dance with me. Claudine Langette. Oh, oh, Claudine Langette. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I just remember you getting that at a white elephant exchange and, and your brother's like crying laughing. I know. Well, um, I My mom loved Andy Williams. And the one time she would let me stay up at night every year was to watch the Christmas special. Mm-hmm. And he he was married to Claudine Langer. Oh. And she would sing in her French voice. <laughs> <laughs> and I just remember, um, I don't know. I just thought she was so cool. I have no, I but anyway. I look her up. Okay. So I'm actually... Even moving on to chapter four, this mm-hmm. is <laughs> God must and, have spent a little less time on. So chapter four is where you know it start, the book starts out pretty wistful, exactly and fun and nostalgic, and I do know that it takes a turn in chapter four, which I think I mean probably surprised even my publisher and every that it wasn't going to be all light and airy, but I did that on purpose, and I'm curious to to hear what you thought. So um, I have to say that some parts of this chapter were very hard as your mom to read. We've all been there trying to fit everything we think we might need for a trip, only to end up with a suitcase bursting at the seams. But with base, there's room for everything. Whether you've got a, you know, coach tracksuit in tote that's so hideous you want to bring other options, or you're deciding between a few pair of shoes, bring them all with base. In the case of traveling, actress and model Shay Mitchell is just like all of us looking for ways to make travel a breeze. That's why she created base, the perfect luggage that's fashionable and functional. And I love her uh, baby products, mom-focused stuff, like the diaper bags. You can tell that she's a mom who's been inconvenienced by, like, public diaper changes. Not only is it discreet enough where me, my husband, my mom, like, anybody who's watching the baby will use it. But, like, it pulls out to have a clean changing pad no matter where you are. It has a pocket for literally everything for in the back for wipes and in the front for wipes when you need, like, to quickly wipe down hands and faces. And it's just they've thought of everything. I've stayed in, like, 15 hotels in the past month. And 
every time like a bellhop or somebody was helping me with my bags, they'd comment on my memory foam cushion. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I know. It's a small thing. But like having a foam cushion under the handle when you're dragging a heavy bag makes all the difference. And beyond that basis, thought of literally everything you could ever want in a piece of luggage, 360 degree gliding wheels, a cushioned handle, built-in weight indicator, huge, uh, washable bags for dirty clothes, all the interior pockets to keep organized. And it comes in multiple sizes and colors. One of their like hallmark items is the weekender bag that people love for shorter trips. I mean, I've even packed for a week in a weekender bag because it has this amazing shoe compartment at the bottom. And every piece is made to look better with miles. So you don't have to worry about it in cargo or overhead. And base has over 30,000 five-star reviews. Whether you're packing for a quick trip or looking to breeze through the security line, base has your personal items covered. I love the rollerboard. I love the weekender. I have a diaper bag and I have another like toiletry backpack. And I love all of them and just kind of swap them out. But I think I'm ready for the suitcase that I can't put in my overhead bin, just like the the big guy. Because with the weight indicator built in, that's huge. Those suitcases, I always have trouble keeping under 50 pounds. But beyond that, I mean, a heavy suitcase is no task for me now that I have a memory foam handle. And I'm being completely serious. I love it so much. It, they're really good products. I feel like a grown up now. They're just like swapping out my luggage and and having it be nice and streamlined. And it was really nice to enjoy the stuff I was traveling with while I was on tour. And right now, Base is offering our listeners 15% off your first purchase by visiting basetravel.com slash be there in five. Go to basetravel.com slash be there in five for 15% off your first purchase. That's B-E-I-S travel.com slash be there in five. Thanks as always for listening to ads. And just a friendly reminder, uh, the way at least my podcast ads work. It's not like an affiliate kickback thing where I make money off of every unit bought or something. Really, it's when you use my code, you show the advertiser that you hear the podcast, you hear the ad and you want to buy the product and that makes them renew with me and sponsor my show so I can get paid for my job. So yeah, the codes like aren't in vain or like a weird cash grab. It's really just products I like that I share with you and the advertiser's confidence in me is shown through people that use the code. So Thank you endlessly for anybody who does love you. Back to me and my mom. I even remember sitting on the stools with you in the kitchen when I kind of caught wind from a friend that some of the teachings at the camp you were going to um, were, um, you know, weren't in, were not good. And so um, I, I told you at the time or. Um, asked you to remember that the the young per- people there were to take everything they said with a grain of salt and to always lean into the values and beliefs that you have been brought up with at home, right? Right. And um, and and truly, I thought you were only there anyway for the water skiing <laughs> camaraderie. I really, but that's why I went there. I exactly that. Yeah. But, I, but um, but I was definitely naive to the kind of influence this camp was wielding on your psyche. I mean, I, I had no idea. Um, but interestingly, I've, I rem- I've talked to your sister-in-law who said that it didn't affect her in that yeah. way. Um, so, uh, but I, I personally should have followed up with you more, um, with conversations about possibly what they were teaching. Although I, I just didn't really I just thought, well, I've had the conversation with her. That's yeah. That was one of those things. Let's move on. You know, yeah. If you want to still go for the water ski, skiing, yeah, right. Could, that that's that's great with me. But I have to tell you something that I, in a way, though, um, there was a part of me 
that was glad to know that your close friends were on the same page as far as the, the importance of God in their lives and navigating those tween and teenage years within boundaries. Yeah. It, it, you know, there's a, there was some comfort in knowing that you all were kind of on the same page. So, yeah. Uh, um, so how would you have changed your experience or how would you advise parents on ways to avoid undue influence in their children's lives that are, that are not good? That's a hard question because I, I think toward the end of that chapter, I say the confusing, the, the worst part is I had a great time. Like, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. And, um, I also, in talking with my childhood friends, you know, amongst the handful of us, some of us ne- never put a second thought into us, into it. Some of us are still in therapy for it. Yeah. And I think yeah. every kid's different in how they internalize. And also it's the, so it kind of started a cycle of like, yeah, if you just went to the camp, you could probably take it or leave it. But if you went to the camp, then you join the youth groups, then you, you know, did the like religious organizations at, at school, like the see with the pole type stuff. And then we went to a, a retreat at that camp for New Year's Eve. I was like in it in a way that I think that people that went once or twice weren't. Okay. So, yeah, right. and then we were going to small groups with like the, honestly, re- these really popular girls at my high school. So yeah, I just, that's- all these girls that like I idolized, that's what I talk about in the book, like popular religious girls were this interesting thing where I didn't relate to like the sex drug rock and roll sex drugs rock and roll, roll type popular, of but, but to girl, this group but yeah. the mega holy mega hottie was interesting to me because she was like so devout and pure and sweet and had like the hottest guy in school and I gotta say as a parent I'm like yeah <laughs> I want you to identify with that that right, segment right, right. versus the other you know, the, the kids that are going to get in right. a lot of trouble. Right? Well, I would have never done drugs because of McGruff the crime dog. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I um, honestly, it's I have, a, I have a very close friend from this time. We've talked about this a lot where we did not overthink it until we became adults, got in relationships and realized we had a lot of issues with our bodies and sex and relationships that we like couldn't pinpoint. And then we kind of realized our point of entry was shame. And just as we took it so seriously, a lot of people didn't. And that's kind of why you can't invalidate people's experiences with religion, because I think some people are going to internalize it differently. And when you're when the stakes are your eternal life, your mm-hmm. salvation, right. some people are going to be like, OK, yeah, I bet. <laughs> and and I was like, <gasps> I was I, I mean, to the point where. I you, Kelly and I have always gotten along. I love Kelly. I trust Kelly. The fact that I yelled at her in a bathroom is really weird. That isn't like me and not something I had ever yeah. done before. Right. But these people can made me question what I knew about my own mom, my own sister. It, it, it's this interesting thing where if you buy it, you're really, for lack of a better word, a bit brainwashed into thinking like, oh, God, all these poor... Everybody I'm close to, they don't get it. They don't know the way, the truth, the life. Like, they're going to burn. Like, either what do I do? Do I save them or do I just feel sorry for their souls? It's like this immense burden for a really young person. And um, yeah, it's just, but what's been really validating and cool is so many listeners, I mean, Courtney even, like fire and brimstone. I mean, it's it's a very specific type of evangelical teaching that... um, 
is on the on a sensitive soul on a person that wants to be good and do right is going to affect how they think about things when they haven't aren't old enough to develop their own think thoughts about things. And what's interesting to me too is that I I think dad and I were so careful too about trying to impart to you a, a far more ecumenical outlook because we were from different faith backgrounds and um and I feel like we selected uh, a faith community that was very, you know, that just, it wasn't fire and brimstone. No, not at all. It, it was, was exact. It was fun. Well, it was the exact opposite. He, yeah. To me, his most important message, the pastors, was that everyone should have a church home. That was it. It wasn't, you need to do this, you need to do that, you know, you should have yeah. a church home. And I mentioned this to somebody when we were talking in line about this. Just, <laughs> I love that you got to <laughs> listen you know what well, we were we were saying if there's one thing i could listen to your children try to hear what what's really going on in their lives because i i think i kind of i truly do think i failed you in that in no that. i don't think so at all at all at all well i know you don't think so but i i think that i should have really picked up because when you found those journals did you read them okay here's the you thing. know how at the show i should i show the poem in the end and like some of the more intense things that are about God's love. Yeah, yeah. Like I was writing about it, but I don't know if I, I actually don't I, think you spied on me. I didn't. I didn't read those in real time. The only thing I did is when I found them again in that big bin recently, yeah. I think it's been in the last three years, maybe. Yeah. Um, I've read a couple pages and I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> did you really think this? Yeah. And you know what? I was like, oh my gosh, I'm just going to close this up and give it to her. I have. I was like, surely, surely she didn't mean this. I mean, I think that's what like why sometimes I feel funny. Like a lot of people went these places and they're like, that's not how I felt. And I'm like, that's totally fine. But like, here's proof. Like I have real time journals of me expressing this right. existential yeah. dread and fear. Like, I don't know why, but that's how I took it. And it's no one's fault. It's just right, every kid's right. different. And um, I wanted to be good. And I wanted to do the right thing. And then when people tell you their thing is the right thing and their way is the right way and the stakes are your salvation and anybody who says otherwise isn't right, they're evil, they're the culture, they're the noise, they're the people trying to interrupt God's people from their mission to make them stumble. It's very manipulative because any dissent or outside opinions you devalue immediately. Mm -hmm. So if I had spoken to you about it, I would have felt sorry for you. I wouldn't have heard you. Interesting. That, that yeah, that's amazing. It's and it's it's a very different style of faith of evangelizing that I'm not super comfortable with. But there's a lot of elements of of Christianity of the faith that like I still subscribe to and and I'm fine with. It's just like I think you have to be careful with young people. Mm-hmm. And I think you should focus more on God's love than God's wrath. Um, because I, as I wrote in the book, I, I, the faith I was introduced to in my youth was love and light. It was peace giving, not fear inducing. Right. And that's, I think the kind of religion I'm drawn to, but then when it became so fear-based and I was pathologizing all of my actions with like almost this karmic, like, well, I did this on so being punished. And it was, it, it made me crazy. <laughs> yeah. And, and, it, yeah. and um, all the while, I wasn't even doing anything that bad, but it makes you guilty for your own thoughts. 
I never no, ever want I, you to I, think that you it was your fault or you could have done anything different because the reality is if you had no. said I couldn't go to that camp, I would have raged. Well, I know. I, I, I mean, dad, dad made special efforts to get, remember, he took your application down so you could get in because you, you wanted. My, wait, oh, my God, mom. Dad drove my. Oh, my God, I forgot. Yeah. I mean, dad. Dad did, would do anything, you know. For oh, you guys. I know he, he would, but and he went and he thought he again. Both of us wow. were like, oh, okay, so, so was, was I was, late turning it in? Um, it, well, remember they only had a certain number of slots, and I guess to make sure that y- you got in, I don't know. If, oh, t- I doubt that you were. Like, oh, oh yeah. that's so sweet. Yeah, but well, dad, you know, dads love their daughters and sons and they'll do whatever they have to that's really special but uh, but also if i didn't go i would have been so so the thing from that time was if you didn't get invited or didn't get to go to stuff you would miss the inside jokes and then you would go to sleepovers and hangouts and have no idea what anybody was talking about and i remember being so everybody went to camp stoughton meadows one year and i didn't go yeah and for a year i didn't know what they were talking about (laughs) (laughs) so come come literal hell or high water i was going to go to this camp and this water ski and that <laughs> yeah. but i said at the end i had a great time and it, i see a lot of problems and i and i can't reconcile it but to answer your question i do not know and i express these things because i don't know the answers but i just no, want to put fair. it on people's radar right to, right um just keep a finger on the pulse of if your child starts to get a little randomly existential or <laughs> religious or like, you know, you have that annotated Bible at your house. Right, right. Have right. you ever flipped through that? It's wild. Oh, really? Uh, I, I, I'm I, writing I, cra- the craziest stuff in the margins. Well, see, I, I guess I, I, I looked at You're some like, of I know. I was yeah. like, oh, okay. There's well, a lot worse your high schooler could be doing. Yeah, I know. It, that's what I mean. Yeah. I, I I was probably like, hey. <laughs> yeah. I, this is a, 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 a good path to be on. And <laughs> right. I, and I, think I so, to Laura, remember Laura Tremaine, she interviewed me and one of her biggest questions was like, what's it like to be your mom? Remember her? <laughs> she wrote that book about 10 things to tell you friendship. And she said, like, I loved purity culture because it kept me out of trouble. Yeah. And I appreciated that perspective because. And I think that's kind of what, what I, I'm saying. telling you. And I think that's incredibly valid. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I think what I've always, I think what I've tried to express to you is that what bothers me in hindsight is that. I would have made the right decision anyway. And okay. I didn't need to be so guilted sh- and shamed into doing it. Yep. Yeah, well, yeah, I didn't know you were being you know? guilted and shamed. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I yeah. Mean, you do you understand what I like am saying though about it now in retrospect, like sitting in a cabin making young minor girls tell Oh, that was about awful. Their sexual experiences. Oh, okay. That's weird. I couldn't even believe that. It's weird. That should be uh, yeah. yeah. Those people I, I was like, what? Who would who yeah. would do that? I, I I just that 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 was bad. That was dark stuff. It's really dark, mom. And like yeah, my very yeah. close friends have yeah. very specific memories of people oh. literally sharing stories about assault. Yeah, and and people being told to repent for it. And, it, and that's really and, and that's think, what's so. And as an adult, it, you just are like, oh my god, I can't believe. Yeah, yeah, that and, they, yeah, that and how it affects. Yeah, I. Boy, if I'd known that, I, I would have just. And that's the thing yeah. I know. And no, I, and I know. I never want I know, you to feel bad. It's not it, like I'm well, eternally traumatized that <laughs> I, I'll express a seed of something on the podcast and then I'll have an overwhelming response to it. And I'll say, oh, we should talk about this. Not because it's some major trauma that I want you guys to feel bad for, but because I had an 
a semblance of this experience and I can hear from other people about theirs and I can bring light to it and we can work through it. And it's not about, I think sometimes me harping on certain topics probably isn't fair because it makes you think my life was ruined when really I chose that topic because it's underrepresented. Okay. Does that make yeah. sense? No, it makes makes total sense. Yeah, right. Because right. um, when people talk about nostalgia and fun stuff, I don't think they talk about the other part of it, which was like there was a very weird time where all a lot of um, really puritanical stuff was thriving about how you shouldn't kiss your husband before you get married and no, okay. WWJD bracelets and like this kind yeah. of true love weights thing and, and dads and daughters were going to purity balls. And it was like, Ew. it's creepy. In hindsight, it's creepy. Yeah. And see, I, I, see, I guess I, how did I miss? I missed a lot of this, I think. Well, yeah. So <laughs> or, that's or perfect, chose not the to. perfect example is me <laughs> saying like, I experienced an element of this and then people writing in and being like, I'll see that and raise you. Wow. I went to a purity ball with my dad. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. But that was important to me to realize yeah. that, oh, people don't feel like their experiences are being acknowledged. And um, I just thought, yeah, so I. That's why I don't consider it a memoir, because I, yeah. I selected things that I think needed representation from millennial women. OK, no, that's cool. You guys know I'm on high alert for like 14 step topical skincare routines. I just struggle with serums and all the things. And I don't always have uh, the energy to be lathering myself up daily and nightly. And that's why I was really interested in Ritual's latest supplement called Hyacera, because they created like a skin support supplement and conducted a clinical study to take the guesswork out of skincare. And I was like, oh, I'm interested because I know this company well, and they really do their due diligence in every other category. So when they told me about this new product a while back, I was like, yeah, I'm interested. And when I tell, I really feel like it makes a difference. And I just have a glowy or healthier look about me, which especially postpartum and like mid tour and stuff. I don't know. I just was relieved to know I was getting some hyaluronic acid up in there when my topical stuff may not always deliver. Apparently, you know, as we age, hyaluronic acid, which normally occurs naturally, it kind of starts to decrease. And that's why your skin can become drier and thinner. And Ritual's Hyacera supplement is clinically proven to reduce fine lines, improve skin smoothness. It's a pretty easy thing to add in. It's just a once daily skin supplement. And it is clinically proven to reduce fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. In a clinical study, Hyacera led to a 3.6x reduction in crow's feet within 90 days as compared to placebo and a 2.9x increase in skin smoothness within 90 days compared to placebo. And yeah, it's a once daily capsule. It has this like soothing vanilla aftertaste situation that's confusing for a supplement, but it's delightful and makes you not dread taking it. You know, we know to age is a gift. It depends on the person, what you're looking for in terms of how your skin fares over time. And for me, mine's just like getting thinner and crepier. And I like being able to incorporate hyaluronic acid into my routine in a way that's not just like more and more like serums topically. Because in, in Ritual is a brand I trust. They they rigorously test and validate by a third party for allergens, microbes, and heavy metals. They work with world-class certification bodies to validate their products. They're a certified B Corp with supplements that are vegan, gluten-free, and made traceable. And I've always loved their story because it's a female-founded company from a woman who was pregnant and wanted to find a prenatal she could trust and was having trouble with the lack of visibility in the supply chain of so many supplement companies. So she sought out to make her own. And it's, you can go to the site and see where everything comes from all the time. I just love that they do the clinical research and validation that you actually are not at all required to in this category. I've been taking for a while now, and I just feel like relative to my lack of sleep and stress levels in this phase of my life, I still feel like a spring chicken. And <laughs> to ritual, I'm grateful. <laughs> Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. 
Get 20% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash be there in five. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash be there in five for 20% off. I think you are rightfully disturbed, <laughs> absolutely, by people with spiritual authority that use religion to um, control, ostracize, and oppress. Yeah. Was a line in your... I appreciate that. And I, and I don't think that any church or faith community is immune from this. I think every, no matter what organization you're in, there is going to be this element that should yeah. not be there, right? Um, but rather than the response by many to give up the important spiritual side of our lives, I, I think it's incumbent upon us um, to remain vigilant in exposing abuse in our faith communities. Mm. I also believe it is important to have a church home and for each child. I think to understand that they're special and all also loved not only by their parents, mm -hmm. but by their creator. Mm -hmm. I just feel like children need a good faith foundation to guide them through life um, in a civil and respectful manner. And, and I sometimes worry that with, without a structure like this, in my opinion, we risk children who are left searching for their purpose in life and place in this world and may tend to go to more abusive places like cults. Mm -hmm. And like the first and, place they they're given that peace and uh, so, comfort and yeah. Right. I think as an adult, I think you, you possibly, and again, my opinion, totally my opinion. No, this is interesting. If you give your, if you give your child a, a structured spiritual life when they're young, then they can. And, and I mean that in a good sense, not mm -hmm. the, you know, yeah, some of the things know. we've talked about. Then, then I feel like they can, they can figure out as as an adult, you know, what what mm -hmm. from that is important to you, mm -hmm. what do you want to continue. But I feel like when they don't have that, and they and they really are searching, I think kids are all, all so are adults yeah. searching for what is my purpose in this world, why am I here? Especially it, when they get to like elementary age and they're like asking a lot of questions about like death and life. Yes, like there's a lot, right. Yeah, there's a lot of like existential thoughts happening that you want to be able to comfort them through. Exactly. I think you need to comfort them and have millennials reject it. Um, mm. Structured spiritual life. You know, what's interesting is that so many of my listeners are and still are religious. I think a lot of people are drawn to my content because they'd even touches on religion but they um want all of the spiritual parts but feel frustrated by the stuff that isn't modernized or that, okay. that actually sure. harms people like i want it i just haven't found any place that i feel like i trust that yeah and i'm with you that i really liked when i was little like knowing there was and i wrote about this in the book like knowing there was a higher power knowing right. i was loved knowing that I was looked out for. I was safe. I, I took. I was so such a worry wart. I would, I would, al almost pray in an obsessive manner and go down the list of everyone I knew, everything I wanted for them, and almost like thought I would, you know, jinx myself or like it would be my fault if something happened to them because I didn't pray for it. Like, <laughs> I, I really relied on that, and and I think that's sweet in a sense of like, if I was worried, there was somewhere I could go to say, "Can you help so and so?" I'm right, a kid. Right. This is beyond my, my control, right? And I don't have an answer for you. Teddy's very young, and I think about this all the time. Um, I don't know what I'll do or where we'll go, 
my husband shares a lot of my views. Um, he grew up Catholic and has a lot of issues with the church. And if if I'm totally honest, we feel like one of the least safe places for kids is church. Hmm. That's something we have to figure out because I'm not. It's Why not, is that? Is it because of things that have happened in the past in those places that you, I don't know. It, it's not just the, yeah. um, it's not just like the obvious overt, like fear of like, you know, people being predatory. It's it's also like the, I think the, and we don't have to get into a deep yeah, I religious know, discussion, I know. but like the nature of confession, I find really odd. Like the nature of like um, a, a stranger, you don't know who's an adult and you're a minor and you're almost being like made to feel like it's mandatory. You tell them something is weird to me. Like, I, I don't like this sort of feigning of authority over your standing with God or the afterlife in exchange for information. Mm-hmm. I think that's very weird for a child. A child, a child should not be telling an adult stranger stuff that you don't know as a parent. Yeah. And I feel like, I, I don't know this. Did you go I, to I, confession as a child? As a child, not as an adult. But but I, I feel like it was always presented to me like, you know, it, it kind of felt better when you came out because you're like, phew, I'm okay and now. And were you completely honest? Yeah. And you would you be nervous going into it? Um, no, I, I would sort of think of ways to say Massage things. <laughs> I mean, likewise, I did. Uh, but yeah. I'm still like I had any horrible, you know what I mean? It was right. kind of like, but as a kid, you're like, oh boy, well, I better, how can I say this so that it doesn't sound too bad? Right. Yeah. Don't. But you know, I figure as long as you got it out there and you know, they say, okay, they called it, say, say your prayers, you know, they tell you what prayers to say and then you're good. And and it kind of did lift your and sometimes I think to my I should really go and just ask God to forgive me for everything that I've ever done but in he my does. life. Well, I know, but it's there's something about I don't know. I know. Well that 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 just That's goes. the kind of guilt I don't like. That's oh. I, I really think that the yeah. premise is like we're flawed. Yes, we're sinners, yes, we mess up. I don't think that like there's any protocol like i just don't think in a, a loving omnipotent god is hung up on how many like hail marys you did rosary yeah, yeah, or like right, going right. to confession like i think the technicalities of religion are really interesting and if they're ritualistic and they mean something to you by all means do them but i also think that i don't like the idea that somebody would be like superstitious or afraid because they didn't do some hyper specific earthly thing that man made up to think that their creator would ostracize hate or want bad for them. No, no, I, I agree with you. Um, I don't think God creates people that he also hates is my biggest thing. And I think that when churches are very exclusive towards certain groups of people, towards certain behaviors, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't think that's what it's about. I, I, I think it's about love and forgiveness and redemption. And I think when you use it to manipulate how people behave, it's a problem. I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. You're right. I think the great thing is about your faith. I think the the faith you, you need to personalize it to fit you. Yeah, but a lot of people call that legalism. Yeah, you, I've got one foot in, one foot out. Yes, uh, cafeteria Catholic. They call yeah, them. right, right, right. There's a lot of ways people label, but no. you just have to be okay with that. But anyway, so. Yeah, but I, I, Another issue I have as an adult is I think there's a lot of arrogance in thinking that you're right. Like there's a lot of very deeply entrenched like cultures and faith that are so different from ours 
And and I think the arrogance of being taught that like they you need to witness to them, you need to convert them is really gross. I I think you should teach people to honor other people's faith and not to think that like they're wrong, feel sorry for their soul. No, I because totally agree. Like ethno- think of like Judaism, like it's not just your choice of your faith it's your identity it's it's your ethnicity like, right it's it's very cultural really yeah, like, and I, I no really absolutely respectful of people's faith in that way and sometimes i wish like i had a deeper connection and to, to it. that and and that's what I, I that's interesting you should say that because sometimes i think should we have been in a more structured faith like like catholicism or you know the way your dad grew up or whatever because you do, you lose some of, you start to lose tra- family traditions and because those things are part of the churches you belong to. Yeah. And they're what bind you together. And one of the coolest things for me is I can go anywhere in the world mm-hmm. and I can walk into any mm-hmm. church, Catholic church, and it, and I know we're all on the same page in that room, mm-hmm. no, even though I can't speak and their I think language. And it's like really beautiful. And and I think the person I, people I turned to the most were my parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were, they were the best people I, I've ever, yeah, met. And and, and they, he yeah, died was and the most devout. About her, he was a very spiritual man, and yeah. I still have his. In fact, I talked to somebody at the meet and greet about oh, you this. Did? Yeah, Aww. they they mentioned you said something on your podcast. He literally had after he had a stroke and he couldn't do anything. He was paralyzed. Mm-hmm. The one thing he could still do was pray. Mm-hmm. So he made those pages of every of everyone, and I mean, it w- went on and on. And I and I had I saved those, I, you know, and I, I I learned from him. And that, yeah. and to me, that's the most important part of my faith is is prayer, and yeah. and and I believe in it. So one of the points of that chapter that I hope you that you extracted was like. I kind of joke that like I become born again on airplanes, yeah, <laughs> or whatever. Like, yeah, right. When, know, when it comes, when there's there's a crisis or somebody like you love religion, is really sick yes. or religion, or, um, mm, I can yeah. say I'm right. not into it all I want, right. but it, it shows up in my. But reflexes. in the end, right? Okay, you had you know an emergency surgery last year, right? Right. I went straight upstairs <laughs> and I took that card of holy water from Saint <gasps> Nick and I prayed. Oh, well, thank you because it worked. <laughs> No, but th- what I'm saying that, is, I know you those don't good lose those your reflexes, good. right? I, right. I think deep down, my perseverating about this stuff is because I want it, and I think I see a lot of ways it's it's abused and appropriated, and and you know ways it can go wrong, and I and I and it makes me extra mad because it's so sacred. And I'm like, how oh, dare you take something something so, important so sacred, to somebody and important, and, and, and twist it, it in your favor. And I think that I did take such peace in it when I was a child. And then it was just completely turned to be about sex and your body and your cleavage. And your like, yeah, it's almost like it lost ev- all meaning to me because it was just about I just felt bad all the time. No, that's that's the pit. And I it's nothing you could have changed, though. And I guess my bigger point is I haven't lost that like yearning and interest. I just haven't also found the right place for it. Right. And but right. having a kid, I will say, makes you think about this stuff differently. Yes. Um you know, and really I does. can't project my complicated feelings about religious authority onto my four year or five year old child. <laughs> so um yeah, I just I hope you know, like I respect 
I, your faith and I, I genuinely do. Oh. And I, and I, it's so real to you and I, and it's so important to you in ways that I, I am envious of. No, well, no, I, and I, I think I have more questions than you do to tell you the truth. Yeah. I guess I don't know that about you. Yeah. Well, that's, I think that's part of most of us that we have, we're always questioning. Did the chapter shed light on why Catholicism is less endearing to young people because they don't have concerts? (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you that is so effective. Yeah, they I had no. Yeah, concerts. I never really thought about it, but yeah, that's that's I, I, now wild. I would go to mass yeah. release, and I'd be like, I'm "This really, is really I know bored. bored. Right? I'd be so bored." And yeah. as an adult, I love it because it's and like you said, same everywhere. Spiritual, you know, it's what to peaceful, expect. and it's, it it's it is kind of boring. It, it it could be very boring for a person, for a kid. It's for, really boring for a kid, even and for people who don't know what the heck's going on. It's yeah, and that part of it, I I always I'm like. Can we make this a little more right? There's user a, friendly. User there's friendly. It's confusing <laughs> because I think Catholicism is marked by its tradition, right? Right, right. Um, but also held back by it, maybe. Oh yeah, no, to, I think that's a good point. I truly wanted to find something more ecumenical, but in doing so, yeah, did did y'all miss out on something? I don't know. No, because uh, if I went to mass, I would have fallen asleep. I think it's just well, if you're okay, if you're a child, it's just hard to yeah, engage. Yeah. And I, all my Catholic friends are not at all tied to their faith. They're tied to the ritual and the tradition. And I in my Protestant friends obsess uh-huh. over the actual nuances of the faith itself and have no traditions. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah. And that's kind of the disconnect because like my. My Catholic friends, I'll have the most honest conversations with about how they agree with nothing. They're frustrated by it. They have all these issues, but they still go every Sunday. They're ritualistic. Yeah. I know a lot A lot of people here went to Catholic school and um, you did too. And a lot, a lot of like Northeastern and Midwestern, especially Irish Catholic families, I feel like are kind of a specific sector. It's like you're, you can't disentangle your family values and your heritage from those Right. Catholic values. So they mean something to you, right. independent of how you feel about organized religion and you carry it through with your children. I think that's what I'm trying to figure out now. Right. And you also can be your own person, but honor where exactly. you came from. And I think that's what so many of us do. Yeah. That's we, what I'm trying we to We honor both. And, yeah. and, 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 you know, the tradition and the, the faith and, and it's, it's up to each individual, I think. Yeah. But I think you do need to share something with I agree, Mom. We maybe we can figure that out together. Okay. <laughs> this was and a healing that. conversation for me. Thank you. Oh, oh, good. Yeah. Oh, it was yeah. nice to talk about it. Well, I'm going to go on to popular girl handwriting. Please. Um, one of my favorite quotes was, "I always felt the most myself, not during the times when I counted the minutes, but during the minutes when I lost track of time." And I, I love that. I, I and I thought to myself, I wonder if she's lost track of time recently. Oh, yeah. So a lot. Yeah. And that's good. So mm-hmm. that means what you're doing is fulfilling. I time on stage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, re- I, I put slides in and I, I have to set alarms because I love talking. It, it's, so, it's so, so gratifying and exciting that there are people in front of me. When I talk into a mic alone, I want to stay there forever. 
I Every love- show is a little different because I, I kind of ad lib a lot. And, and and that means a lot of times I walk away being like, that was the worst. But like, I just kind of, yeah, I want to see where it goes. I wanted to feel like the podcast, if I'm too rehearsed, it won't feel personal. And it's like last, I cried like four times in the Chicago show. <laughs> <laughs> but my tooth did just crumble. <laughs> but also it was, it was kind of a, it's a no, special it was, it was, hey, no, it was. It was very. I, I don't think people always understand the intent. Like, and you don't need to, but like, this is a really um, intense job in terms of. It's really hard to make it, and it's really a lot of pressure to make people happy. Right, right. And they've paid. You know, you, they've paid a lot of money. Exactly. You want them to have and, a good experience and make yeah. it worth it for them, right? And yeah, and, and I don't think you don't. You don't just walk out on stage. I, I mean, there's so much that goes on behind the scenes. It's just unbelievable. And, and um, yeah, I agonize over everything beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> and then I end up winging it. And I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> but I feel comfortable in front of it. No, I love that. I love that you can wing it. I don't see how you do it. Because I, just so your listeners know, I wrote down a lot of my notes here. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I would never be able to do this like you. You could you could have this conversation with me and not have a note. I I have copious notes. <laughs> So I, I, I just went, I, well, I really well, appreciate you. <laughs> your ability to do that. So your, your ticket to gaining some traction in school was your popular girl, Henry, uh-huh. PGH. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious. Do you think we always are looking for our PGH no matter how old we are? Yeah. A hundred percent. Me too. Yeah. I, I think I, yes. I, I was like. That's funny, and I I love it because I remember you're. I used to use you to do my banners and yeah, everything. All the I was so excited, and Um, and I and so was I. It was really (laughs) great to be able to add value to something. Right. Um. I think I end that chapter by saying a lesson I'd have to learn time and time again is that you can't let the way the letters look be at the expense of what you would have written on the page. And that to me is like so cheesy, but it's a huge metaphor. For all the years when I had this really interesting, complex internal world that I ignored in favor of how I looked, how I presented, who liked me, who didn't. And this whole book is honoring that version of me that Uh I ignored that whole time because I didn't think it had the trappings of something that was interesting or popular. It was too big. Yes. Basic. basic. Yes. It was, it just wasn't the, yeah. I know sometimes when I read the end of chapter five, I'm like, that is so cheesy, but like, it no, also no, it's is no, what it's, I meant. That's what, yeah. No, Wait, it's, you- I'm pretty excited though, that, um, dad's, when I saw this, I laughed so hard. Dad's lesson on fixing the toilet flapper mm-hmm. reaped incredible benefits, like <laughs> leading to a DIY, uh, silver ball and chain. Like, mm-hmm. was it Tiffany's that used to there was silver ball necklaces were really popular. <laughs> I, and, and dad showed me how to fix the toilet pl- flapper and there was like a thicker ball chain link. And I remember thinking, wait a second. <laughs> yeah. That I just is paid so- a lot of money for that. It was at Penelope. Do you remember Penelope? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That's yeah, um, right. And I was like, right. Uh, wait, <laughs> I just got racket. the biggest laugh out of that. I was like, who would have thought that doing a plumbing project would have led to that? But, but um, I still use that knowledge. It is good to, if a toilet is yeah. running, you need to know how to stop it. Yes. And I remember dad being like, you need to know this in life, which is funny because you do. But I was like, uh, at the time. But, but boy, that you really, that was a big day for you. <laughs> Anything I couldn't achieve through like money 
uh-huh. or like social status, I would DIY my way to it. And I think I've DIY my whole career. Yes, I agree. And I think you were the the origin of that. Like, let's not get down about this. Let's get thrifty yeah. and let's get creative. <laughs> yeah. And then when we make mistakes, I always, I was always like, okay, how can I turn this mistake into something yeah, that's presentable? Something and it kind of makes you do that in life. Then I think sometimes when you. And I think we got yeah. closer like crafting. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <gasps> okay. So I'm going to move on to, are we going out? I can't believe you didn't say anything about your markup. My chapter five, I talk about you being the, um, Price is right for retailer wrongs. Oh. <laughs> I love that. No, actually, I I know I, I was trying to look. For, I didn't know. I didn't want to. I know. I love you. that. I didn't know how to uh, ask. I wasn't sure how to ask a question about that. But um, no, so many people have been like, "Is your mom my mom?" Oh, because everywhere we went, you were like the markup. Oh my, the markup. I still do. It's, I can't help myself. I've always been like. And do you remember? I, I've told. Uh, when you girls needed dresses for cotillion, you know, I was like, wow, these are expensive. So <laughs> I would I would go to Farmville where mm-hmm. they made rare edition dresses mm-hmm. with my three three friends. I did this twice. You camped out overnight in a line. And you hate camping. And I hate camp. <laughs> well, by camping, I mean you sat Stood there on the, you know, concrete. Like waiting for a sneaker drop at a night. And store. there was one of those nights when it started lightning, but by golly. <gasps> We all stayed in that line. We were soaking. And then they would open the doors and and depending upon where you were in line, they'd let in so many and then they'd let in another wave. And then every dress was $16. Okay, that is a good deal. It was great. I was wondering, I'm like, how discounted were these dresses? Yeah, they were but, $16. So they were like nice though. They were- Remember that? They yes, were really, they were like velvet, late collar, like yeah. they were ornate, beautiful like Easter dresses. Right. Some of Italian them were better dresses. than others by the time I got in there. But, but what's funny, like, <laughs> were they brand names or were they just like. They were called rare. They were made by rare edition. Oh, that's the. Yeah. I in Farmville. That. Yeah. There's one dress that I that I absolutely loved. And Which you one? both wore it to Cotillion as far as I know. The green one. The green a, one. Oh, mom. <laughs> that was my favorite. You hated it? <laughs> oh, mom. I. You didn't like that one? Okay. With pretty white tights? Oh, come on. That green dress (laughs) is... um, It's beautiful. To me, it was a little like... It's a beautiful dress in a museum about the Victorian era. (laughs) I think I just felt like I was about to go fetch a pail of water. (laughs) (laughs) Well, golly, (laughs) day. Like what? it was a beautiful dress, but it it was not what the girls were wearing. Oh, really, mom? It had like a, a full but apron was... front, a lace trimmed right. apron front right. with a full high neck. Are you sure the girls weren't wearing it because they were selling it? it that dress was a. They would be gorgeous window treatment. <laughs> Come on, that was my favorite. I'll have to ask Kelly how she felt about it because actually, oh, I, I thought nev- she looked so. She did look pretty, Mom, but I refused to wear that dress to Cotillion. And I remember that. Yeah, I know. I don't remember getting a picture. You loved it. And okay, but (laughs) you telling me about dad taking down my application and you in the lightning for those dresses makes me want to die. die. (laughs) Because it's so sweet. And and well, that way I could get like, if you had four Cotillion dates, I could get four dresses, which normally we would probably only get. Right. You know, 
No, and in in I, the, I, I, people misunderstand the cotillion. To be clear, I wasn't yeah, like it a, was, a dab, no, right? No, no, no. It was no, what no. sixth and seventh oh, graders it, did on Fridays. It was right. Arby's after. It was, it was like manners <laughs> dancing. I think I just was in the weird position of being tall at that age. Oh, which oh. W- was hard with dancing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you would watch. So the girls would line up, and the boys would line up, and you would watch the boys count what girl they would get. Oh, I, see, I didn't know that they would move. I did not know that. And I think actually your brother told me about that. I was yeah. like, really? You would watch I boys no get idea. matched with you and move. <laughs> Mom, it was tough stuff. That is tough stuff. That's why you can't be dressed like a yeah. Guardian era <laughs> ghost. I guess maybe I was I was probably loving those American girl catalogs. No, and I mean, um so I guess I was trying to figure out what made you lose confidence in yourself. And subscribe to the messaging. If I drank more, ate less, and could make myself look better, I would drive off into the sunset. Is that such a dark sentence for you? Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's probably hard to read. Do you want me to be honest? Yeah. Um, All right, you guys. Um, We talked, if you can believe it, for another another hour. We recorded this last night at like 11 p.m. So I... uh, Give me like a little time to just do the last hour and I'll put it up on patreon.com slash be there in five um, about the back half of the book. And it's just like a slightly, yeah, it gets into the darker stuff, um, you know, diet culture and body dysmorphia. And then my mom asking questions about like hookup culture and so on and so forth. Then we talk about the uh, serotonin, plain and tall mental health stuff and um be there in five and me kind of crediting my parents letting me like get bees and and try stuff and move on to me like kind of being very unafraid and unbothered to try things as an adult and like pivot or quit if they're not working and I just noticed there's a lot of like perfectionism in people that prevents them from starting stuff and when people ask me about my career I'm like the only thing that makes me different from other people is I started stuff because I just didn't really care if it didn't work out but my mom also, since I'm not putting that conversation on the main feed, I do know she wants me to clarify that I wasn't allowed to quit stuff like the second I started. I had to put an honest effort and I had to finish the season. So like I could do one season of soccer and quit or one season of cheer and quit. You know what I mean? So she was like, make sure you tell people that it's not like I let you just quit. You had to fulfill your commitment. I was like, OK, mom, I will tell people that. <laughs> but other than that, I I feel just as defined by the stuff I quit as the stuff I tried. And I think that makes you well-rounded and I don't feel like a quitter at all. I actually feel like the collective of my experiences and there's such a weird narrative around never give up, never quit. Quitters never win, winners never quit. But like, it's just not my vibe and it wasn't hers. And I just am so grateful that for all the ways these external forces in the world definitely affected me at home. I felt like a genius. I felt like I was creative and I felt like I had good ideas and I was gifted and um, it really mattered because quite literally in fourth grade with the talented and gifted programs from the second you told you're not talented or gifted as a kid, that's how you're hearing it. You're like, well, this is good for my future. <laughs> so I had to find my confidence in other ways besides grades. And um, anyway, so we talked through lots of stuff in the third hour, uh, patreon.com slash be there in five. Again, I need a, a little bit to edit it, but if you subscribe, it'll email you when it's live. It'll be in the next day or two. My mom's leaving tomorrow. So we're just hanging with Teddy and stuff and getting caught up today. Um, so yeah, stay tuned. Also, I started a Substack, be there in five.substack.com. I just wrote about reflecting on like my pregnancy loss two years later and uh my thoughts on like the 12 week safe zone and some things I've been reflecting on. Um, and I have another one coming out soon about other stuff and it's just like a fun way. I'm gonna keep writing and it's free, so you know, that'd be chill. 
otherwise, yeah, subscribe to Patreon, rate and review five stars, means the world by one in a millennial, my book, which is what this episode was about. And um, I'm just endlessly grateful for your interest, your returning every week, your attendance to one of my shows if I got to meet you, and or the buying of my book. Like, you all have carried my career on your backs. And um, it's special to me that, like, I was able to kind of articulate these thoughts in this book that are largely inspired by the topics you guys were most engaged with over over time. And I can have like discussions like this with my mom that I'm not sure if we ever would have dove into regardless. And we might have like really misunderstood each other, especially with like the religious stuff, you know. Well, hope you enjoyed this convo. Hope it wasn't boring. Grateful for you. As always, let me know your thoughts and I'll let you know mine. I'll be there in five. I swear. <laughs>